everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. And just a reminder, you know, the same reminder we always give, say it with me, audience. This is not a spoiler-free podcast. We may say some things during this episode that come up in future episodes of the show. So if you're spoiler reverse, just be aware of that, but stick around. It's a fun podcast anyway. I am Melissa and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Fish. Fish, what kind of a gauntlet did we go through to get to this recording today? Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and I'm fully going to admit this, this was all my fault. Um, so no, no, yeah, no, it was, no. <laughs> uh, so Melissa and I record via zoom because she's on the West coast and I'm on the East coast okay. and we try to stick to the weekends because you know, work. Um, but I was sick. Well, our- okay. Let's, let's be fair. I gave you a nightmare of availability for the last <laughs> month. I was like, I'm going to be gone every weekend and I'm going to have a visitor one weekend and we still have to do this podcast. <laughs> and you were like, yeah. that's not possible. Well, I mean, you own your own business. Like you have to be available for your, your clients. It's true. Um, and you travel on the weekends. You like speak in front of people. You have engagement dates. Like, you know. These things happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then I I was sick and then you were sick and then my gosh. Yes. And then, yeah, today I overslept and by lot. (laughs) (laughs) And I missed our original uh, recording time. Uh, So here we are. We're here. We're here ready to talk about getting lucky. (laughs) We are. But we didn't get to watch the episode together. So we normally watch the episode together. So you can hear Melissa will say, oh, yeah, like this was your reaction or you're not going to get that this time. We're actually going to have to tell each other what our reactions were. And who knows, listeners, this will be an experience for all of us. Is it better (laughs) or worse when we are this discombobulated? We're going to find out together. Over however many hours we talk, (laughs) (laughs) which you know, but that's a spoiler for us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is going to go weird. Okay. So today we're going to talk about season two, episode seven, getting lucky. We're just in the nick of time to drop this for all of you, but the original air date was November 14th. 1999 pretty soon before thanksgiving so we have a thanksgiving episode coming up but this isn't it i don't know (laughs) this one was written by jennifer levin who's written so many episodes that we've liked um and directed by dan apple dan appel i don't know dan (laughs) you tell us here's the episode description felicity is stunned when nolan and elena point out that their affection that her affection for her adopted stray dog lucky is interfering with her relationship with david who is rapidly losing patience with her meanwhile maggie gives ben an ultimatum spend the night with her at the dakota hotel or she's out of his life forever i mean okay 
That is a little more dramatic than yeah. perhaps it came across in the episode, but I appreciate what they're trying to do with this description. It's not that it's false. It's just that it's not entirely accurate. <laughs> yeah, a little misleading. <laughs> so I don't know. Fish, where do we start here? I mean, I we got to start at the beginning, right? Because you didn't get to hear my reaction. Oh, which was right when I saw the dog was oh my goodness it's actually a dog yeah because if we remember from last time when I predicted I thought Ben was going to adopt a dog named Lucky um couldn't believe I, you got there from how you how you started your your prophecy yeah I was like all right getting lucky uh usually that means sex so I'm going with Ben adopts a dog named Lucky because yeah. Lucky sounds like a dog's name and getting lucky I guess the bad joke of it all mm-hmm. was I don't know I I got the bad joke and yeah, you predicted it that's ben exactly the bad joke it. the writers wanted to give us because I can tell you I don't remember this episode at all mm. like nothing about it I had no idea it was actually a dog and when I saw it was a dog I kind of freaked out a little bit yeah okay <laughs> and by the way a really cute dog yeah I mean cute in the the when we just see the dog and his or her I guess it's his I didn't look real close during the scene where uh he was laying on his back Mm -hmm. um but let's just say he um where he's looking at us with the big brown eyes not quite as cute when all dirtied up and scruffy at first yeah (laughs) yeah but you know that this is like an actor dog and they worked really hard just to like make him all mangy and and messed up um and then then he was like this isn't in my contract and then they have to kill him I'm imagining like <laughs> dirty dog hair extensions and such that they've like attached. Oh man. But that look like, you know, Felicity in her <clears throat> tape to Sally um, mm-hmm. saying, I've met someone. And then you're like, what about David? What about Ben? What about Noel? And then you're like, you just like stare deep into the eyes of Lucky the dog <laughs> with his head a little tilted. Like, oh. Yeah. I know. He made so many. No- he was a. Let me tell you, he was a great actor. That dog. So I far mean... as we know, we don't know <laughs> exactly how long it took to get the kind of footage they got out of him. That's true. Goodness but... gracious, what a cute. Uh, he, yeah. he knew he knew what to do. He was trained or she was trained. We think it's he. I don't know. Um, we could go back and look, but we're not going to. I feel like they were saying he. Oh, they were definitely, it was a he during the show, but you know, but was I it mean, really? there's only okay. one way to know. And there certainly was a shot of him laying on his back in between Felicity and David. That was a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, as I said, uh, now thinking back on it, I did not stop and check. Well, okay. Well, how did, how did Felicity meet Lucky? Well, she had slept over at David's, but she had just slept over because they're just kissing these days. That's what they've broken the seal on kissing, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? Is it? I suppose so. And now she slept mm-hmm. over and she's walking home from David's and she finds poor little Lucky sitting on the street stray. Yeah. I mean, so she says things are great. 
now that, you know, we've actually kissed each other. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see a kiss. Mm-hmm. That, to me, kind of looks like, so I didn't grow up with one of those families that kisses each other on the lips. Like, I know that exists. <laughs> okay. And, like, I see that happen in life. And I'm always, like, pretty cringy about it because I'm like, ah, you're related and your lips are touching. And I, mm. um, but I have to say, like, Uh-oh. the majority of the time that they were kissing in this episode, I felt that there just really wasn't any passion and that they could just as well have been like related to each other, Hmm. which really messed Uh with my mind as we got later in the episode. Well, I mean, so I will say that we, we have pounds and pounds of feedback across many different subjects. And I'm just been trying to think about what goes where in the puzzle of it all. Um, I think I'm going to save a lot of the David feedback for next episode uh, where I think you're going to have some payoff fish, but um, for some of the things that you're saying, but I will say that your feelings about David seem to be well reflected in some of the feedback we've received about him that I will dig into, um, you know, next week. Um, But goodness, he's, Yeah. yeah, I, Look, nobody has ever said Ben versus Noel versus David. Nope. <laughs> and there's a reason. And I, what the reason is exactly, we all may have different interpretations of it, but I think we're all going to be hovering around the same points. <laughs> yeah. Um, because hmm. when we see Lucky, Felicity says something like, uh, he was sad and sweet and I took him home because he didn't have a collar. And I wrote down, is this supposed to be David? Um, oh, <laughs> think, interesting. Yeah. I think throughout the episode, uh, I was comparing Lucky to David. But also, I think huh. later, Felicity starts to compare herself. So I don't oh, know. I thought it was interesting. Lucky exists and is a metaphor. And that's going to be even funnier when we get to a dream sequence later, way later in the oh. season. Um, my gosh. Lucky you just gave back? a solid goldfish. Oh, my goodness. Really All right. Um, so Lucky and David continue in this show. Interesting. Um, all right. Sort of. Good to know. Well, I mean, obviously, Lucky died in this episode already. Well, yes, but I mean... But- we will see dream him sequence. in a dream sequence. Yeah. Wow. All that right. will also give us Eli. And I'm going to let you twist oh. over how it all happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll keep this interpretation in the back of my mind for whenever oh, that comes up. Oh, my gosh. And I actually do, now that you say it, think that Lucky might be a proxy for David in that dream. It is all coming together for me in a way that... <laughs> It has never before with that dream sequence. Um, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Fish remind me that I said all this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, See, there's a lot to happen. start with. Gosh. Now, the question, so I still think that the Ben and Maggie stuff is separate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could do that first or last, but I think the rest of it really needs to, to be in order. Together. Yeah, just because everyone's coming in and out of scenes and there's a lot of dialogue and talking about, you know, 
different relationships? Well, I think since we so very much dove into lucky David Felicity stuff, maybe we stay on that track and we, we circle back to the Maggie and Ben of it all after that. That sounds perfect. So Felicity now has possession of lucky. She does, but what to do with him? Because she's not really allowed to keep him in the dorm. Their policy is against that. So this is going to begin a series of Felicity trying to pawn Lucky off on every <laughs> single human she's ever met in her life. Um, yeah. But first we get the big reveal that Felicity did not have mono. She mm-hmm. just had the flu. So when David requested that she please give him mono, what he really meant was please give me the flu. Yeah. And how do we know that? Well, Felicity, Felicity's first stop is Elena and Knowles. Let's see if they'll take Lucky. <laughs> because my good deed's going to be everybody's good deed. So uh, oh. that's that's when Elena gives us the very important uh, resolution of the last episode. She's like, I don't want you tracking disease in, in here. and Or I don't want diseases tracked in here. And Phyllis is like, he's fine. Lucky's fine. She's like, no, you. You with your <laughs> mono. Phyllis is like, I didn't have mono. Oh, so now we know why she's cured. We don't know why Megan's fine. Yeah, I was about to say. What about everybody else? Yeah. Well, we don't see mm-hmm. Carl. We're not sure we don't he's see alive. Carl. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean. But this was a simple writer's way of looking at what could have been a bottle episode and going, huh. Uh, mm-hmm. How do we just fix that up so we can keep <laughs> moving forward? And so they give this line to Elena to help us do that. And Elena's not oh so my. sure about this dog. She's not. She is not warm and fuzzy with the dog the way that Felicity is. Uh, but I have to comment on her outfit because oh. it was so perfectly 90s. To me, she was a perfect cross between sporty, scary, and posh spice. I mean, she had, you know, the sporty jacket and the leopard print, you know, sports bra, and she was very put together. And I just, uh, I mean, I can't say I completely loved the outfit, but it it really hit home. This is the 90s. This one it is. (laughs) Yep. It's uh, not timeless. That's for sure. No, but you know. And you know, uh, the other thing that dated this episode and I, I hesitate to say it even, but Elena's reference to Lucky being a retarded dog. I will yes. say that the use of that word is a very, is it, was it a nineties thing? It yes. was very prominent in movies yeah. and TV from the nineties for sure. It's definitely, so it's interesting. I was listening to a British podcast mm-hmm. about another show and they they both don't use the R word anymore and they call it the R word. Mm-hmm. And then they said, you know, uh, the character said the S word. And, and it wasn't what we would think of as the S word. And I was like, okay, uh, what's the S word? And, you know, they were talking about how in America, we still think it's just fine. Uh, I guess I have to say it in order to. I think think you kind of have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the 
the word is spaz and oh. it's just not um it's not appropriate in the same way you know that, that it's interesting because there hasn't been in there hasn't been conversation that i've been privy to around that word um in the u.s in the u.s in yeah the uk apparently it is just as bad hmm. as many of the other words so well and i think I think where we where we now have landed with these words is that they're attached to like medical conditions. Yeah. Um, and that's not how they were being used then. And I would yeah. say in the 90s, they were that word was like there's so if if you struggle just hearing that word, you're gonna struggle with a lot of films and TV yeah. from that time period. Even stuff that otherwise feels politically correct or doesn't feel like it crosses other boundaries a lot of it still crosses this one and um so that for me actually was a real sense of putting this in an era it was and um so i melissa and i also do um like some movie clubs and i run a book club and things like that and i run the book club over zoom and i got zoom bombed for the first time oh i know and i was like letting people in and i didn't understand what was going on because i did have the weight room mm-hmm. and after a couple of people i kind of figured it out yeah when they were all like naked uh no none of them showed their faces but they mm-hmm. were you know being they were using a lot of language and like video or um like audio that was offensive shame on them don't you mess with my fish <laughs> and um and one of them uh just called one of the people who was in the book club the f word that is associated with gay men okay um and hmm. i thought you know that was another 90s thing everyone was... used that word it yeah. was i personally did not um like I really I didn't like a lot of that stuff um I will say that I until I heard this British podcast had not reflected on the s word yeah um, this is the but, first time I'm thinking about it too yeah um but the other ones I heard all the time and it did make me feel very uncomfortable um but it was not something that you could get people to stop doing, even if you said, you know, that's not okay, or you walked away. Like those were, that was pretty much your only recourse because yeah, it, it was, was all over. It was off, it off was all culture. over. And it was just um lot in take t- it took on a completely different meaning in the process, but it didn't really, you know. So it's um yeah. so for those who go back and listen to this episode, that may be one of the first times that you hear something in that way, cringy on this show, yeah. but just know that it was like fully embedded in a slew of nineties TV and movies, probably songs. Um, that, I don't. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. That, uh, that used language like that. Yeah. And so not only are Melissa and I not watching it together? We're also not watching the same version mm. because I I watch the streaming version and she has the DVDs. Mm-hmm. I don't think she said the R word because when I read it in the script afterward, I 
definitely remember, like, I don't remember her actually saying it in the show because I would have had a reaction mm. to that. So, so they stripped they it out for it. the streaming version. That makes a lot I of sense. So. It's still I in the DVD version. Though. It. Yeah. Well, yeah, the DVDs came out probably in the early 2000s, 90s when it was going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Interesting. That'll, yeah. that'll be interesting. So we're, we're going to be kind of on slightly different pages, maybe when it comes to, I don't know, music, if we comment about that, or, you know, some yeah. of that stuff that might be different between the DVD version and the streaming version, because the streaming version has to meet standards of current times and today. And mm -hmm. uh, the DVDs didn't. So. Um, and can't because they were of their time. Yeah. So the the crux of this conversation though is well first of all Elena makes it very clear she doesn't want the dog um <laughs> but she's still kind of entertaining it the more important thing to elena is to find out if felicity scored and that's a very typical thing for Elena to be wondering about, I guess, in conversations with Felicity and uh, Felicity informs her she did not, but that they have plans for movie night. And Elena's like, oh, for sure then. Now, like a movie <laughs> night, like there's only one meaning of what movie night's all about. You're going to score. Um, I mean, so she really she sets wrong? it up. Yeah, but she wasn't wrong. Right? She I wasn't mean, that wrong. was the plan. <laughs> yeah, but she's now like planted this idea in Felicity's head where it seems as though it wasn't there before. Yes, it seems like it may have been more of a natural thing, which is what it's supposed to do. Uh, you know, you just sort of move along, get some moves, go from the movie to scoring, another word that I don't think anyone uses today. Um and, and yeah, I was surprised by Elena in this episode. She was, I, I was not a fan of how much pressure she was putting on Felicity. Um, yeah, but, I would agree with know. that. Um, but that's not really very different from uh, Gimme an O. Um, I think Elena was definitely like um, giving Felicity advice at a time when Felicity did want advice, but very much like... <clears throat> like kind of pushing Felicity down the path more so than let's say, for example, like Julie at the time. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is on char on character mm -hmm. for Elena, but it was kind of heavy handed and yeah, it, it was sort of like, hmm, if you think that your friend, I mean, we haven't really gotten there yet, but if you think that your friend might have issues with sex, do you call that out directly and make them now ruminate on that? Or is there a more subtle way or productive way to get to it? Um, I feel like Elena was very unsubtle in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, de we'll definitely get more into that one, but yeah. I will say in this scene, I think Elena kind of hits the nail on the head with the, when you said earlier, like, why do your good deeds become my good deeds? Yeah. Because, you know, Felicity picks this dog up off the street mm -hmm. and then can't take care of it. Yeah. And I wrote down, like, are you responsible? And then, you know, it's just, I was just like, if you can't take care of the dog, you, you don't pick it up off the street or you pick it up and you take it to a no-kill shelter or something. But 
I don't know. I feel like this is a very Felicity thing to do. She she just has a reaction to something, which, you know, empathy is fantastic, but but then she puts the responsibility on others. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't think that's okay. I do think that you're saying that it's a Felicity thing to do is kind of, yeah, like there are going to be these episodes where, you know, like I can think of one green card marriage possibility, (laughs) you know, like the love and marriage episode. There's another thing she'll do in a maybe season three where it's on par with this where, uh, or on par with the love and marriage episode where it's like that element of her, where she's moved to make a big choice and doesn't necessarily think through the repercussions of that. And so like these things are, on the one hand, you could look at it as like sloppy writing or like, oh, it was convenient for the writers to do this. But they do this enough where I feel like it is part of her personality that she'll get so mo- moved by something that she'll make a choice that she can't back up. And that would be what's happening through the rest of this episode, because she's just constantly showing up at people's doors saying, take care <laughs> of Lucky for me. Um, and in this case... Elena doesn't really want it, but she's like letting Lucky in and they're having a conversation and Noel shows up and his eyes go wide. There are like little hearts in his eyes. He's like, <laughs> a dog. I remember back in the day when I was a kid, there was this dog named Woofy and I was so allergic to him, but I really wanted to play with him. And now I get my redemption. I get to play with Woofy. Yay. Um, <laughs> Noel goes off to play with Woofy. Yeah. He like crawls away to like go play with the dog in his room yeah I, then, I feel like the guys in general are like oh a dog cool yeah. and Alina's just like nope this is not my thing yeah uh, yeah it's not her thing it's not really Noel's thing either because he didn't outgrow his allergies so he comes out of the room just full of rashes he's just done yeah. it's yeah. not okay yeah it's uh it's a full-on allergic reaction and you know breathing is good yeah yeah for like, Which he actually doesn't have exactly that reaction in any of the future <laughs> scenes that he'll have with Lucky. They really worked out the makeup for that scene and then they kind of left it. But yeah. um, but we know that, okay, probably Lucky shouldn't stay there. Mm-mm. But okay, so Felicity and Elena now go to the vet. Yeah. And Felicity's main thing with the vet was, oh, you're going to get all cleaned up. I'm sorry. I've had dogs my whole life vets are not groomers that's mm-hmm. not a thing mm-hmm. you don't you don't pay a vet to clean your dog and like cut its hair but okay well fine. maybe you don't but this one apparently did because after this scene yeah. Lucky's looking like a shiny penny I don't know what's the expression we want here I don't know he's looking he's looking pretty uh spiffy after this he's, he's a dapper a dapper man yeah uh <laughs> d- dapper dog dapper dog so but you know, this is a, a chance for Felicity and Elena to continue exactly. the conversation that they were having earlier. Where Elena's like, so are you nervous? She's like, no, <laughs> lucky I'll be fine. She's like, no, no, no. About <laughs> sex. Yeah, this happens a couple of times where she's just constantly talking about the dog and everyone else is talking about something else. Pretty much uh, always David Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, but... no, the dog. And they're like, ugh. Oh. This girl. 
And and Elena makes the point, you know, you didn't really know Eli. Mm-hmm. This is the first time you're in a relationship. You know, the way she puts it, it's the first time with a guy you know, mm-hmm. um, in Elena fashion. Mm-hmm. But she's like, it's, you know, it's kind of like your real first time. Mm-hmm. And this is when I realized that Lucky was getting in the way of getting lucky. And mm-hmm. I was like, aha, I get it now. Yeah. 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 Ah, boy. They, uh, you know, they tried to mask the the irony of this and it just didn't work. It, no, it didn't work at all. <laughs> it, was, it was really there on the surface for us. But okay, so now we know. We know what this episode is about. But we're going to have Felicity keep looking for a place to put Lucky now that he's all shiny and new. Um. She's going to go to Dean and DeLuca. Yep. Gonna check in with Javier. Hey, can you take Lucky for the night? And Javier is great. I mean, he, he's very positive. He's like, absolutely. Just one condition. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lucky has to meet mommy. And mommy has to be okay with it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I will say mommy is a beautiful cat. Um, but... You know, Javier, he gets very physical with animals, mm-hmm. you know, that's, uh, that's what he says to Ben. No, I thought he said he gets very psychical. Um, well, at least in the script, it says physical and, hmm. but he meant psychic as we know, Javier doesn't always say <laughs> the right word mm-hmm. first. So, uh, I think he says, you know, I get very physical with animals. You know, I understand how they're feeling. He explains, you know, we get it. Mm-hmm. He, um, he's having a conversation with mommy and, and she's not real sure about this dog. And Javier knows she's not real sure. Wait, uh, even more so, he thinks she's insulted and in fact pissed. I mean, that's where it ends up. I mean, she... She goes from being unsure and mulling it over to this is really not okay, Javier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even believe you would think this was okay. And I'm mad at you. And like, they we're, managed we're in a fight. To, I don't know how long they had to keep the camera on this cat for the cat to turn around, turn around and put its back to <laughs> Javier. Like that was the big move. For all the work that this dog did in this episode, like <laughs> this actor dog was put through some paces meanwhile Mm -hmm. mommy it's like just spin around halfway for us thanks then she's done and she goes to craft services and gets her her meal um yeah yeah. so that's what the the pretty actors are never never uh asked to do too much right mommy's a diva yeah she is uh, we have some feedback about mommy but oh. I'm going to save that Ooh. for our, you know, after you listen to this tape, you have to erase the segment. Um, oh. But yeah. So Javier would love to be yeah. able to take in Lucky, but you know, it's mommy. He's throwing yeah. mommy all the way under the bus here. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and even, you know, he steps back and he whispers like I do. I, I would be fine if Lucky came over, but mm, yeah. 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 Okay. So we're, you know, gonna keep looking. And next step is gonna be the loft. We're going well, to Sean. Before before we go to the loft, we get treated to another, you know, 
parent-child kiss from David. Mm. Um, mm. That was awkward and weird. Um, and then we're at the loft. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think it's worth noting that David has stopped by Dean and DeLuca. And we'll just leave that there. Um, we'll pick that back up again in the next episode. Um, so now Felicity goes off to the loft and Sean answers the door. He's whipping up some smoothies. I don't know what he's doing. Um, yeah. And she's like, will you take Lucky? And Sean's like, yeah, for sure. Uh huh. (laughs) And this seems like it's going to work, right? This seems like nothing could go wrong until Lucky gets into the apartment. And yeah, Lucky's personality changes, I think. And this is why I think Lucky is such a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he goes from being like really calm and, and all the time he's around Felicity, he's generally pretty calm, but man, when he needs to, he pulls out all the stops, mm-hmm. he grabs the pink shirt and he just runs, just runs away with it. And in the process Unfortunately, you know, I think Sean would have been fine maybe with that since, you know, it wasn't his shirt and he does get the benefit of it later, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lucky bumps the counter and his smoothies, yeah, his smoothies concoction, yeah. yeah, it is on the ground it's along with some ketchup and Tabasco, which I'm now are sure are part of the recipe. In fact, Everything that I see around Sean, I will now just assume, mm-hmm. ha- like, is part of smoothies. Yeah. So it's got every um, ingredient ever yeah. created. Yeah. Everything liquidish, like everything that's a condiment, everything that's yeah. a spice. Yep. <laughs> like it's all part of smoothies somehow. But we do get a chance to see some of it here. But okay, so now here's the thing: Javier's looking at his wounds. <laughs> and we are going to uh, it's hard to know even to do whether we talk about this now or not because there's going to be a little bit of a Maggie moment let's halfway talk about it um okay. and just you know Javier is looking at his wounds and he's talking to Ben at D- Dean and DeLuca she's like she hates me now Ben's like Felicity doesn't hold grudges <laughs> it's fine and she's like no not Felicity mommy yeah. And it's like, what another, conversation are we having? Yep, another misunderstanding. He just, you know, again, he he understands that mommy is mad at him. Mm-hmm. And she's just like Eliza Doolittle. Mm, he's an animal psychic, just like her. Oh, wait, no, 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 that's from My Fair Lady. Just you wait, then yeah. you see, just you wait. <laughs> so he just starts singing. And that's going to be interrupted by Maggie being right there behind Javier and we'll get back to that part later but Javier is just Javier just looks at Ben when he realizes that Maggie's there he just sort of turns his head then looks at Ben and just tisks in disgust I know I have to say the Javier and Ben stuff in this episode I think that Javier was like really making Scott Speedman break in most of these scenes. <laughs> There's a scene later where Ben is just laughing. Like he's trying so hard not to, but he's definitely laughing. I'll point it out when we get there later. Okay. And I was like, oh, that must have been one kind of a day on set where they were just like trying to get through the scene. And 
Scott Speedman is just like cracking up and trying not to. I mean, it's hard not to with Javier around. Javier, you know, we haven't seen a lot of him in a while. And so, you know, know, you get something like this and, and they almost make you think you did see him because we had those moments like in an earlier episode when Maggie calls in and asks, you know, to get the, the brownie order, the cookie order. Um, and Ben's on the phone with him cause he's downstairs, which I didn't <laughs> know there was a downstairs, but, uh, he's like talking to Javier on the phone and he's like, no, we need this many come up if you want to see her. She's blonde, yeah. you know, like, and, uh, you know, you feel like you, he had a scene with Javier there, but he didn't, we actually didn't see Javier. So you get something like this and you get the full force of Javier and feels good. It does. It's uh, I'm always down for a Javier scene. Yeah. Love him. love him. I love mommy. I love Javier. I love his, you know, just refusing to hide, to hide his disdain for mm-hmm. what Ben is, uh, is doing. Mm-hmm. But we'll come back. We'll, we'll come, come back, back to that. Yeah. Well, there's, we're going to skip over some Maggie stuff. Should we also skip over Julie Sean's stuff? Mm, I don't know. If, I don't think. So. Well, because um, well, it kind of is its own thing. It is. And it's a little bit with, there's a little bit with the Ben and Maggie stuff that overlaps, but I'm not seeing, yeah, I'm not seeing anything with the, the regular plot line. So I think we can. Okay. Let's, let's skip over this exclusively Julie Sean stuff. Cause I think there's a bit of meat on that bone. Um, so the next scene that we'll get related to the Felicity, David, Elena, David. Lucky, uh, no, <laughs> that yeah. of it. Um, so David's going to take Lucky temporarily. He's going to come in. He's going to rescue. He's going to save the day. Mm-hmm. He's going to get, he's getting lucky. He's and he's tried, actually yep. going to voice the really bad yep. joke that we all knew was coming. Mm-hmm. Thank you, David. And yeah, then, oh my, then, then I start to get uncomfortable because at this point, uh, yeah, it, it, it's pretty cringy, especially because Felicity's so distracted and I feel like they did this on purpose. I feel like they did remove the passion from the scenes specifically so that we could see what they're going to call Felicity's problem, but I really don't think was, but they're in bed together. And, and, and David had planned a very romantic night. He got dinner from Lay, which we would assume is, a fancy French restaurant. High class. Mm-hmm. Um, and a movie, whatever that movie was. We don't get to see it. We just see cutting to after that when they are fully reclined and kissing. And she is she is not distracted. animated. No. Yeah. She is. That for me was my, it. like, as much as you've been saying the kisses to this point have been like family kisses. I didn't really notice those, but I did for sure notice. I mean, yeah, they're trying to make us notice that where he's like really into it, trying to kiss her. And she, she's like a mannequin. She's like not moving anything from the nose to the chin. And, and she has her eyes open. Yeah. She's, she's, and she keeps looking at Lucky willing him to distract her in some way which he does. Yeah. 
He's whining. <laughs> He's staring. And it reminded me of another show and it's going to bother me until I can figure out what it was. So if you guys remember this scene, I feel like it was friends, but I don't know how to fit it into friends, mm-hmm. but there, there were two people and they were having sex. And when they talk about it afterward, they say something like, you know, it's the first time it wasn't so great. And she goes into detail. She's like, yeah, you know, there were all these noises outside and there was this news program on and it was this really sad story. And the guy did not notice any of this. Mm-hmm. And he's just not feeling great about his performance considering she was so distracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and David is trying to power through. Like he, he has to notice that he's getting nothing back from her face or body and uh, yet is continuing to try. And he's, uh, you know, he like pulls out the condom or he's like, ready to go and she's like it's lucky like he's like what's wrong it's it's lucky it's like to have a condom yep no and that's Still not talking it, about the dog sorry man <laughs> it's not it's the always deal. about the dog so um, now she she articulates her concern hey he's staring at us can't do this with him staring at us and dude's like got it moves him into the closet it's like his own little condo problem solver He tried. He tried to solve the problem he thought there was, (laughs) similar to what we've seen Ben do with Maggie. You know, he's like addressing the problem that has been expressed, but that's not the problem. (laughs) So then it's probably a little bit of the problem. I mean, it that dog was whining pretty loudly. Yeah, Um, and definitely staring for sure. But yeah. But I mean, once in the bathroom, like there was quite a bit of noise and, and I don't know about you. I mean, I'm not particularly turned on by like whiny dog noises, but, um, I wrote down that lucky is lucky because he saved them from incest in this moment. Um, and then here's where we get the lovely scene of, uh, how they spent the night together, both of, of, uh, Felicity and David facing away from each other and, well, right before between. that happens, they do go back to kissing again, but just as awkwardly yeah. as before. And yeah. Felicity's still not into it. And now she has to come up with another reason why this needs to stop. And so she, Lucky's still whining from his new location. And she's like, you know what? He needs to go out for a walk. Dave's like, right now? <laughs> she's like, yeah. Walk but time. I'm kind of in agreement with her. I mean, mm-hmm. that is not the mood I want. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would bug me too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it would depend on the guy, but yeah, you know, that would bug me too. Yeah. Uh, so, so Felicity then gives us her interpretation of the evening, which for sure, if we asked for David's point of view on this, if we like did a reality TV style, like interview to the camera from David, <laughs> we're not going to get the same language here. But Felicity says that night, all of us slept really soundly. And what they choose to show us is, like you said, (laughs) Felicity on one side, David on the other, Lucky in the middle, on his back, legs up. And then we just get this moment where he fully licks David's face. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. You had to really watch that to see that moment. It was a quick lick, but it was very good. And David notices 
even though he's yes. like trying to be asleep he's like oh I know. <laughs> he just, like turns over I noticed that I was just like yeah. oh Lucky's really coming in between the two of them yeah I don't even know exactly how they got Lucky to do that the actor you know like I don't know that I mean, what? I mean, he's a genius. So of course, yeah. he, he just it's like, where was the was person his... who was training him? Like for him to see it, you yeah, know, because his face like, was improv. like, yeah, <laughs> improv. Yeah. That's it. That's it. This That's is it. what dogs do for improv. They lick. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Oh. A master turn of, mm-hmm. of acting. Um, okay. So dog better be in SAG. I'm just saying. Probably has to be, right? I mean, I there's got to be a dog sag um, or a dog component or an animal's component. Well, okay. So now we've seen enough as an audience to understand that there's a lot going on here while there's nothing going on. So <laughs> Elena is going to help push us across the line on this one. She's going to call BS on Felicity. She's like, you're using this dog as an excuse. Yeah. And I honestly hadn't picked up on that until this point. Um, I mean, I I felt that she was maybe holding back a bit and you know, she was distracted by the dog and probably wanted the moment to be a little better than whiny dog sex. Um, mm-hmm. So that is the tough know. thing about this. Like, I don't know how much of this was really happening or how much of it was Elena planting an idea in Felicity's head and watering it and giving it sunlight in every single scene and letting it grow. I mean, the thing is, Felicity is really analytical. And when you plant an idea in the head of an analytical person, it will grow yep. really fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I don't know. I like you, like you said, I don't know how much of this was really there before Elena starts getting in Felicity's head. Maybe it was there. Um, but Elena's going to highlight that she's going to label it that Felicity has issues with sex. She's going to cite reasoning like you didn't do it with Noel. You didn't do it with Ben. Like, yeah, she did it with Eli, but that was a different scenario. That wasn't a relationship. It wasn't somebody that she had gotten to know over a long period of time. So she's now equating, she's throwing David in the same bucket as Noel and Ben and noticing you haven't had sex with any of these guys. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like not being ready doesn't really count as an issue. Mm-hmm. And as we'll see later, you know, it seemed to have a lot to do with pressure and feeling comfortable. Yeah. Like the whole point kind of, I guess, early on is you want to feel comfortable and you don't want to feel pressure. And with both Noel and Ben, there just didn't seem to be a moment. Like they didn't give us those moments without conflict where mm-hmm. she really trusted them, where they had a stable relationship, where she wasn't thinking about something else. And, you know, I mean, I kind of get it. I mean, Ben. They went on a road trip together and then he just left for Mexico. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. let's be honest, this episode and also in Gimme a No, and this was this was a thing that I mentioned when we were talking about Gimme a No as well, because Felicity has that whole opens the episode where she's in the cafeteria, she's looking around 
about all the people and she's like he's having sex with her she's having sex with him they have sex all the time everybody's having <laughs> sex and i'm not and she feels like she has to do it and i i think that that accurately portrays how you may be feeling if you're putting that pressure on yourself and i think that this episode is accurately portraying for some people what it looks like when one person's ready and the other person is not well it and is when your friends are getting involved mm-hmm. you know i mean elena's just putting more pressure on her she's just making it more awkward well and i think that this is where uh well <clears throat> maybe i'm sharing something that's like my experience that isn't other people's experience but <clears throat> when you're you're a woman and you're not ready your friends are probably not saying you have a problem they're probably saying well, you're not ready he should wait yeah. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's the type of stuff i was hearing and that's not what Elaine is doing at all. She's like, get over it, kid. You know, it's like, you got an issue, identify it and then fix it. Um, yes. Elena's much more like, um, you know, I was hearing the same thing from my friends, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with my college boyfriends, you know, you're not ready, whatever. And then uh, my mom chimed in with her own, her own life advice. Uh, which was shit or get off the pot. My, oh my. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear from your mom. Um, A very Elena type statement, I feel. And some people are just, you know, like that. And that's, I guess, who they are. But Elena's not helping. She's not helping here. Yeah. If anything, I think that often the person who is ready in the relationship is the one putting more pressure on the other one. And David's doing that a little, but he's not doing it as much as I, like they could have leaned in a lot harder to that. Um, but they had Elena lean in instead. And yeah, I didn't think they David, wanted to I, I felt like they didn't want to go there with him, Yeah, but they had Felicity reacting as if he were, um, so I think those are going to be interesting and that's going to be an interesting scene for us to unpack later in this episode where she's just totally blowing everything that he says out of proportion. And he's like trying to walk it back. I don't know how much he was really feel like, I don't know. He's, he is ready. She is not, that is very clear here, but he, uh, I think in a lot of dynamics, this would be where you feel the weight of that in a relationship. And that can be uncomfortable for a really long time. And they're dealing with it here in this episode as head on as they can. Yeah. And the thing is, they have not talked about this. I mean, Felicity did not schedule sex Mm-mm. with David. There it's was not 8 no... p.m. on a Wednesday. I don't know what you think you're doing, buddy. I know. So mm-hmm. she doesn't know the schedule. Uh, he doesn't know the schedule. They don't even and have a computer to break. I, you know? all the mood all the mood is gone um mm-hmm. she's like i want to be thrown up against a bunch of lockers man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or i, I want to throw you up against a bunch of lockers yeah. not, i don't remember how it worked in that scene um sure felicity was the thrower yeah it's probably uh, that's probably what happened yeah <sighs> and didn't she say in that scene i just want to get it over with or something like she that did. well she said later when talking to noel i just wanted to get it over with yeah. Um, which is not really where she's at right now. You know, she's like, no. I want to avoid, I want to procrastinate as much as possible. And I'm going to use this dog, whether yeah. I know it or not. Um, and it's weird to me that they haven't had that discussion. I mean, it seems like they've, I mean, 
we know they've kind of had a discussion about the fact that she's dated Noel and then he wasn't even the guy and David is, you know, kind of getting freaked out and he wasn't ready and he's been burned. So I feel like, you know, David's reacting from an emotional place thinking, you know, physical intimacy is part of a relationship. Are you not interested in me? You know, interested in having a relationship with me is yeah. that what's going on and so i don't think he's putting pressure on her to have sex i think he's putting you know he he's reacting in a way that not knowing her sexual history yeah yeah and we have to remember she's a sophomore he's a grad student who was yeah. in such a serious relationship that when that woman then got engaged to his best friend. Like that's where they were in their life that that woman would then get engaged to his best friend. And, you know, Felicity, there are some people who when they're sophomores in college are very sexually experienced and there's some who are not. And Felicity is one of the people who is not. And with the relationships that she's had, she's pretty comfortable in like the hooking up zone. You know, she went on that road trip with Ben, they kissed a bunch. She, fooled around with Noel. We don't really know how far they got, but they spent a lot of time fooling around without having sex. So yeah. like though, that's her sweet spot. That's her comfort zone right now. And that's what she's used to. And she's younger than David and David has more experience. So he may not even be, and he knows that she's had these relationships. So he may not even realize what they did or did not entail because exactly. they haven't had that conversation. So I don't know. I think I actually, if they had leaned in really hard to making David pushy, I would have had a big problem. Yeah. But they didn't really. They made Elena pushy and they made David want to know what's happening. And I, I tried to look at it for what that was in the dialogue. And we'll get to a scene later where they give us a lot more dialogue to think about but I didn't feel that he was being pushy. I felt that he was being like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, again, why are we not taking this next step in our relationship? Not from a, like, I have to have sex with you right now, but from a, this is part of a relationship. And at some, at one point, Elena says, you dated Noel for over a year, mm -hmm. which I didn't realize. That's um, not thought, true. Yeah, that doesn't seem right at all. Doesn't, the math doesn't work out on that. That's okay. Nope. We get the point. Uh, we get the point. It was really um, more like a couple months. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> really? A, over a year? Did we miss it? Um, so, you know, I'm just, I don't feel like David at all was putting pressure on her just to have sex. I felt if like it anything, was more I about the relationship. I think they're making overtures to show us that David and Felicity's relationship is there's like a foundation, a healthy foundation to it. Like that, you know, may not be exciting for us to watch, but it's, um, they're talking, they're asking questions. David is the guy that Felicity can just say her thoughts to. Like that's what her wish was when she was breaking up with Ben. Like she wished he would be that guy. And David is the guy she can say her thoughts. And David is like, Oh, okay. Got it. Understood. Now I know what I need to do. Like he, he's just looking for information. And every time she's shared something about herself with him, he has been glad to have that information. And he made, and he, he adapted accordingly in a mature way. And I think she kind of does the same thing most of the time with him. 
and um, that's what their relationship is. And so this is an extension of that. Yeah. I mean, he's the, the sad, sweet brother she shouldn't be hooking up with. Oh boy. Um. Oh boy. A haircut. <laughs> that is uh, a com- that's something we got a lot of comments about recently. Um, yeah. I think I mentioned ooh. that last time. I think, yeah. like, I was like, oh, look, they had the same haircut. Um, yeah. yeah. That's not. We'll save that. We'll save our commentary about their, we have like a bunch of comments from (laughs) listeners that I feel like we'll just pile those into the Thanksgiving episode um, because that's a good place for them to nestle it all into. And I'm going to let you rip with all your thoughts about that. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to save it up. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Good to know. All right. But, you know, at this point, they're, you know, Felicity's saying, you know, I, I don't think I have an issue, but now she's thinking about it. Yeah. And in addition to having to think about all this, she now has to think about the fact that she's breaking the rules in the dorm by bringing a dog in. Yeah. Now, let's remember, she kind of broke the rules last time by dating her RA. Yeah. So I don't know why she's but so this surprised time she's, she's the willing RA. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she's going to smuggle Lucky into the dorm. And she then she's going to make the incredibly responsible choice to ask Megan to watch Lucky. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go get food real quick. And then I want you to watch her tonight while I'm with David. And you know, Megan's going to say no, but she says yes. Hmm. She does say yes. And she says yes. All right. So I will say Megan and her outfits and her whole thing in this. Um, I can't say it, it, like it was not good. So we've got the top buns going on. We've got the red eye shadow. She's got sort of white powder on her face or something. And I didn't know what they were, they were trying to still make her look sick from mono, mm. but it, it wasn't great. Um, and I think that's the first time I have ever said that about what, what Megan's look is, but she's, she's sitting on the floor. Um, so maybe she's still a little sick, but She's happy. Well, she's in the dorm to begin with. So, you know, she's obviously not feeling up to being out. Exactly. So she's, she's happy to look care, to look, take care of the pathetic dog. uh, If she can also get a favor, which. um, Can she borrow Felicity's computer? Which she's already done. So this is a retroactive request. Yeah. And, um, it's for, you know, air quote homework, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming. No, let's ask. Uh, Melissa, what was she using the computer for? Uh, finding recipes for banana bread. <laughs> no, it's porn. Probably porn. <laughs> definitely using it but for But if porn. you're trying to do a what the glove did they say and you want to know what I thought, she's going for banana yeah. bread recipes. Yeah, because yeah. she seems like a baker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So there's that. Uh, Felicity is going to leave to get food for the dog and leave the dog with Megan. And Mm -hmm. after another scene in the middle that we'll come back to later, Felicity returns to the dorm with the dog food to her room where there is no lucky, but there is still Megan. She's like, Uh, doors open to the dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doors open. Megan's like, I don't know. You took a walk. 
Um, Leslie's like, you can't just let him take a walk. He's probably had to go out and pee. She's like, well, he's, I'm not going to pee in here. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, Which good, is practical. Good points. <laughs> All good points. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're also not right. Um, not right. So yeah. Lucky has made his way into some other advisee's room where they are currently feeding him beer. Out of a Frisbee. Out of a Frisbee. Which is absolutely what people would do in college. Absolutely um, what they would do and the exact thing that they would use to serve the beer out of. Yes. Yes. Because, mm -hmm. yep. uh, you know, not that we would admit, but let's just say a friend in college had a pet. Um, actually several of my friends had pets, which were not allowed and you did have to keep them away from, uh, you know, guys. Yeah. You know, they, they'd be smoking or they'd be drinking and they just thought it was really funny to, to let the animal drink or inhale that not cool, not cool. Yeah. So Felicity gets upset about it. She takes Lucky back. She's got to, she's got to be a better caretaker here, you know, yeah. yep. at least think about the people you're dumping them off onto, you know, think, think about whether they can really handle it. I mean, it really shows what type of optimist Felicity is mm -hmm. to think at this point in time that Megan would give like even a single fuck about this dog. Mm -hmm. Um, no. I think maybe she thought that the idea that she would owe Megan might be enough for Megan, but it wasn't, it was not enough. That was not simply not enough in uh -huh. this transactional relationship. No. But so now Felicity still has this dog and no. she, but Elaine is going to take him. Why I'm taking this dog so you can have sex. That is oh, no. it. That's what happened. No, 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 no. And this is the part that I really didn't like. I mean, there's a lot that I didn't like. Okay. Elena took the dog on the condition mm. that Felicity would have sex. Yep. That's pushy. That's, That's pushy. real pushy. It's too much. Friends, yeah. don't do that to other friends. No. The uh, Elena's of the world, just slow, slow it down. Like, do not dictate when your friends must have sex. So but that you she's them a just favor. getting started, Elena. Oh, yeah. She's not done. Yeah, she's not done making really uncomfortable situations out of this. Um, no. So we'll get we'll get to that a little bit, but we're gonna cut to what Lucky does at their <laughs> apartment after Felicity leaves, which is tear up the couch. Yep, run around crazy, yep. um, and give <laughs> Noel's house a pool. Noel, when he comes in, he's like, "The dog is back." And he's like very aware <laughs> that this dog is going to lead to allergies. And he does the same arc that he does in finally that I love so much that they actually gave him subtitles for like they all have <laughs> subtitles. He does. He's so good at that. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if that's a Scott Foley thing or a Noel thing, but I love it regardless. I it's feel amazing. like it's a Noel thing. I don't remember him doing that in anything else I've seen him in. <laughs> Yeah. So he does his arc. He kind of leaves the room and then, uh, but you're right. Not before Lucky pees on his model. And Lane's <laughs> like, did you want that house to have a pool? Yeah. <sighs> this is what Lucky gets up to when Felicity is away. I mean, again, just, you know, brava. Good job. You know, Lucky the actor. Yeah. 
I mean, um, he's just nailing it. They give him so many things to do. He did them all yeah. well. Perfect. I believed him every right. minute of it. And then and we're going to get the Chronicles of Lucky continuing by phone. Yeah. Where we're now going to cut to Felicity being with David again. And he's back in bed. Trying to get it on. They're trying. Uh, again, I'm not feeling comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Not comfortable with it at this point. Nope. She's still so not I can't imagine what Felicity's feeling, considering I'm not comfortable. <laughs> yeah. And it's worth noting at this point that in the last scene, Elena had told Noel that Felicity was going to be at the library. Yes. She lied to Noel about where Felicity was going to be. So Noel calls Felicity thinking, well, she's at the library or wherever, and she's available to pick this dog up. So he, he, he pages her, she picks up her beeper in the middle, like, great, another reason to be distracted from all this. She's in the middle of kissing David. She gets a, the beeper that she gets the page and she checks it. It's an emergency number. It's no, yeah. I'm going to call their apartment. I mean, it's, it's just the right moment because David is fumbling around trying to open his condom mm-hmm. and it goes off. Like it yeah. has an alarm. Yeah. And that alarm is Felicity's cue to, you know, just make a quick call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, you know. She's going to make a quick call where she finds out that Lucky bit Noel, which is probably on a scale of bad bites, like a two mm-hmm. out of 10, maybe a one and a yeah. half. And Noel's complaining. He thinks, okay, she's at the library. She just comes swing back, pick Lucky up. But then he gets his spidey sense goes off. He's like, wait a minute, you're not in the <laughs> library. You're with David. She's like, yeah, it's fine. And at this point, she's thinking in two in in two ways. She's answering Noel's questions and also trying to make it sound to David like this is really a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And she's managing to walk that line. And which I think she does well. I think she does it well too. Uh, where she's she knows at this point she wants out of this situation with David right now. She's not comfortable with it, and so she's using the lifeline that is no getting bitten by lucky. Um, and she wants that to be her escape route. Yeah, out of- I will. Yeah. I will point out. Um, she, she, she doesn't actually know that he got bit on the finger. Like he doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. And then she seems to know it. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a little weird, but I have to point out Noel's, again just sort of a null thing to do he says it's a flesh wound which mm-hmm. Very Monty I mean, Python. let's all assume Noel just loves Monty Python mm-hmm. so uh yeah love that that little shout out because that is one of my favorite scenes yeah well so I mean really the rest of the scene plays out sort of as a game where it's like Noel's now realized oh she's with David Felicity, his objective is to get Felicity to stay because he does not want to be the reason why she leaves. And Felicity's objective is to leave because thanks, <laughs> Noel, for giving me a reason to leave. And so, you know, the rest of this conversation is Noel going, no, 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 I want you to stay. It's fine. I'm fine. I want you to stay. Stay with David. Like he's just being very clear. I release you from obligation. We will we will keep lucky. My, I am fine. Like, <laughs> do not leave. And Felicity in her responses is getting increasingly like, 
oh, okay, I'll be here. I'll be right there. I'll, <laughs> like, so that's the part David's hearing. David can't hear that Noel's telling her to stay. And after she hangs up, she's like, yeah, it sounds like it's really bad. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. And she's out. Mm-hmm. She made it out. And so she's made it back. She's, and it's uh, fair to say David is uh, a little miffed. Not yeah. really believing this. Yeah, I think he's he's getting a little suspicious. Um, he's he's starting to feel like it is an excuse. Uh, and we just get that in looks right now. Yeah, but we're getting he's not the looks. Saying anything. Mm-hmm. We're definitely getting his quizzical, like, oh, this will be a conversation later. Sort of, I mean, this, sort of glances. Yeah, this is. It's the second time. So he's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, you know, maybe we'll give her another shot. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so, Felicity's out. Yeah, she she Oof, beelined wrong. for Nolan Elena's, and which is not much of a consolation because Elena is going to be like, hey, Noel, Felicity has sex issues. I'm going to leave now. Yep. <laughs> that's it. That's That's like basically what happens here. It's just like so abrupt. And well, she just and, leaves them to this conversation. But Noel is not particularly helpful up front. You know, Elena is like, you should talk to Noel about it. He, know, he knows mm-hmm. uh, you have sex issues. And Noel's like, oh, yeah, I know. Because uh, apparently they dated for over a year or mm-hmm. a couple months. Um, but Felicity's <laughs> hair in this is starting to become puffy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, a little... I don't want to say like Elizabethan or something. I don't know. There's something about like the puffiness of the hair mm-hmm. that I'm not, I'm not really digging. And then okay. she puts a headband on it later and it does not help. Um, okay. But well, get used to it, point. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what happens. There's nothing to hold it down now. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. this conversation with Noel goes to an interesting, interesting. place. Because it's like, okay, what's happening in this conversation? Let's let's figure this out. So in the beginning, it's awkward, right? Felicity doesn't want to be having this conversation with Noel. And but she's not she even does. looking at him. The way they're blocked, she's like in front of him, not facing him. And he's like sort of behind her trying to have the conversation and actually taking it a little bit more seriously now that he sees how uncomfortable she is. But she is definitely not in a posture where she's like excited to be having this conversation that she's but been left she in. She is the one who starts it with him once Elena leaves. I mean, we know Felicity at this point, mm-hmm. and she is not able to hold in a feeling ever. So we know she's going to start talking, and she does. So Noel's going to participate because she's going to start talking. So I, I, you yeah. Know. So I think this is kind of an interest. This, this is where to me, the conversation gets really interesting because it's like, what is happening here? Um, they are both now in a relationship. She confirms in this conversation that Ruby and Noel have had sex, which I think makes her feel what do you, what do you think makes her, that makes her feel here? And before he goes on, when he first says, yes, we have had sex. I think it's in her head that she has issues. Yeah. And she I think says that just the sort words, of confirms it. 
so my advisee is healthier than I am. Yeah. And I think Noel saying that he's had sex with Ruby makes her feel like, yep, uh, I have something to be ashamed of. Yeah. But then I first like where Noel goes with it. And then I dislike where Noel goes with it. Yeah, it makes makes a couple of different turns here. We have it's a very meandering path uh, that we take here. The next bit is great, followed by a not great bit. Um, yes. You know, when Felicity says, "So my advisee is healthier than me," the compassionate part of Noel is like, "I don't want her to feel like that." So he says, "No, you're not unhealthy. You're romantic. Mm-hmm. You know, sex. You, you know, sex means something to you, and it should." Um, that's good. Those are all good things. I think he's and trying that's... to combat the unhealthy label. Yes. And he also says, and that's what I love present tense. About you. <sighs> yes, he does say that. And then he's going to go even further. <clears throat> yeah. Because that's what I love about you. That could be interpreted more than one way, right? You could love, you could love a person the way you love your crash game, right? Like, but then Noel's going to elaborate to try to make her more comfortable. He's like, you know what? I'm glad you and I didn't have sex because that means there's still a mystery between us. And that's great. I'm happy to have the mystery of what it would be like to have sex with you. (laughs) Like I'm just sitting there thinking, well, no, this is probably not the kind of conversation Ruby would be wanting to have. Yeah, I was thinking about it from Ruby's perspective. Like, you know, he says to her, he says to Felicity, you know, I've had sex with Ruby and, you know, now I know what it would be like to be with her. So there's no mystery. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like part of the dance of like do you sleep with someone or not are they gonna lose interest like this is it you know this this is reflecting that kind of the reason the rules were made you Mm -hmm. know yeah i mean for noel in this situation he could have stopped at you're not unhealthy yeah and he should have he could and should have stopped at you're not unhealthy (laughs) and instead he continued on to i love that there's sexual tension between us (laughs) (laughs) which continues to pay off throughout the episode as the two of them keep giving each other looks yeah uh i mean it's the episode's gonna uh, when we get towards the closing but it's gonna go to a weird place and noel put it there squarely (laughs) he was like i want it to be in this really weird space um hey noel think about ruby for a second you know just just a second um and after that scene i feel kind of similar to lucky who feels sick yeah david calls lucky's not doing so well he's not eating uh-uh. which is not good news so felicity is going to bring elena back to the bed because <laughs> that's what elena has been given to do that's what it's that's been a good long job. time since elena has had something legitimate of her own to do in this show she is the vet buddy yes julie's not there 
So Elena is going with Felicity, you know, multiple times with two goals in mind. One, to, I think, you know, accompany her with this dog and two, to figure out how to get her laid. Yeah. And this time she's going to take a different tactic. So she's like, you know what? Don't put pressure on it. Don't put pressure on it. Felicity, it's fine. Don't put pressure on it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put pressure on sex. Um, it's yeah. still a little heavy handed, but uh, then Felicity is like, well, how am I supposed to not put pressure on it when I know that I've been secretly avoiding sex all this time? And Elena's like, dang Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah. Elena, you know, takes her responsibility. She's like, ah, oh, it was my fault for pointing it out. And then over and over and over and over and over again, pointing it out <laughs> and trying to make a deal with you that I would take your dog only if you, you know, smashed David. Yeah. So we get that little nugget and then, uh, then we get bad news. I mean, more bad news. More bad news. Hey, Lucky has distemper. Yep. There's no treatment for this thing. He's nope. just gonna get worse. It's gonna be painful. You got two options, Felicity. Let this disease run its course, which is going to be extremely painful for Lucky, or put him down. Yeah. You know, poor Lucky. He he had a good run for this one episode, but this is this is going to be. You know, he's he's going to have his scene towards the end. Every know. dog has his day. Uh, this was it. Except, of course, we know Lucky will return in a dream sequence later. Um, I mean, that kind of uh, makes everything better, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I, and I kind of thought this was not going to be the moment where she just made a decision. Didn't didn't seem like it was going to be the moment. So I was not at all surprised when she then shows up at David's still having the dog. Who has no... Now it's there's this really weird lack of information between David and Felicity where David is in a space where it's like, all right, I'm, how do I, what do I do to break through on this? Like, I'm going to just take real good care of Lucky because that's where that's the zone that she is in. And he doesn't know that like he's now dying. Um, he doesn't know he's trying to solve the problem. This is his third attempt. And what is he kind of getting back for all this effort? Eh, Felicity's not really in the mood. Well, and so David's attempt here was like he got a cage, a comfortable mm -hmm. cage for Lucky. Which uh, did not look comfortable didn't at look all. Comfortable you should at all. see Very small. my setup. Like I have, I look, I will admit it. I just bought a, a dog bed that warms itself when the <laughs> dog goes on it. I have like fake grass. I've got these things called bark pads. I already have two dog beds. Like my dog is treated really nicely. Yeah. All I don't own dogs. a dog, but I was like, Oh, we got a cage. Like yeah. a small one, a small cage. With um, no padding or anything. No, like dog bowl. Did I, maybe I missed the dog bowls, but there wasn't a lot of frills on no. in this setup, but you know, David invested in this. He's never had a pet. He's, you know, he got he got this this place for Lucky to be. But Felicity is full on despondent here. And David's like, okay, all right. Yeah. Am I doing something wrong here? What's happening? This what? excuse is getting old. And he's calling it out. He's like, I'm noticing <laughs> the pattern <laughs> and I need it to stop. 
Um, I don't care how it stops. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> calling it out. And this is where Felicity gets really, uh, what's, what's the word? She, Mad? <laughs> she gets reactive. She gets, she, like, she gets really defensive when, okay, yeah, I could see with a different delivery from David how she might go there, but it did not feel to me like he, it feels like she was looking for the fight yeah, more than he was giving her the fight. And for yeah. him, I think his goal was to address the elephant in the room. You're using this dog as an excuse. Why? And he was hoping, I think, to get to that next layer of information where she would then share with him why. And then he could figure out what to do about that. Like, what does that mean? But she is going to take it like he's being like too pushy and pressuring her and crossing a line because that's, she wants out of this con of this conversation of this dynamic. She doesn't want this pressure. Yeah. I mean, what he says is it seems like I'm making every effort to make this work and you're not. And she says, well, I guess I'm not, I should go and like kind of storms off. And I feel like she's doing a bit of a bend here mm-hmm. where she's she's trying to make him break up with her. Yeah, it did feel like that. And at one point, she even she goes a step further, too. And he's like, look, in, in the vein of what you were just saying, he says, I, you know, I'm making every effort to make it work. And you're not. Before he says that, um, he says, you know, look. I, I just invested money. I, I got this, this, like, like this, whatever this is, <laughs> like I got this, I'm letting him stay here. And Felicity's like, so what I owe you. And I agree yeah. if that's what he was trying to do, she shouldn't like that. That shouldn't be okay with her. That would be creepy. That would be gross. But then he's like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that I'm making an effort and you're not yeah. what's happening. And, but she, it's really easy for her to lean on the, like, I, oh, so I owe you to make her exit. And I don't know how David could have done this differently, really. Um, I think she needed to be defensive and she needed to be out of that conversation. Yeah. And, and she's just not for once, you know, she's not being honest because being honest means she'd have to stick around and deal with it. So she she bolts again poof gone who nolan elena's again again mm-hmm. uh and Noel's gonna come out and be real supportive and not at all have rashes all over his face i don't mm-hmm. know why i know he's even <laughs> gonna go so far as to pet lucky at some point here and still yeah. um yeah felicity's gonna spend the night with them when she wakes up in the morning she decides you know what look he wasn't yeah he's just look look at him like he couldn't even play with mr gorilla yeah he's in pain yeah i'm gonna put him down and i was gonna go with her but i want to break here in this moment of great sadness for a note from an optimist that's more (laughs) of a choose your own adventure oh i I would just like us all to reflect because I I was trying to think about what note from an optimist I would do here. And I was having a hard time coming up with one. And I thought, you know what? I think the most optimistic thing about this episode is the idea of what the adventures of Lucky and Mr. Gorilla were. Oh. 
How can that not be happy? I mean, think about mm-hmm. that for a moment, everybody. And yeah. just think, Lucky and Mr. Gorilla. How great was that? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a friendship to stay on the test of time for like three days. We get to see Mr. Gorilla at one point. So, mm-hmm. I mean, fully go for it. Yeah. I mean, gosh, y'all need a good friend. So does Lucky. So does Mr. Gorilla. And they found each other in the most unlikely of circumstances. Lucky was a stray. He got, mm-hmm. randomly got found. He was not brought to the home where he should have been. He was brought instead to this other home. <laughs> and many other homes. And many other homes. And somewhere along the way, Mr. Gorilla, whosoever Mr. Gorilla it was. I'm assuming Felicity bought Mr. Gorilla. Okay. So. He's fulfilling his destiny as a dog toy. Yeah. You know, that, that toy story moment of. You know, he's sitting alone on the shelf waiting for his his moment, his friend to appear. Mm-hmm. And, they spent uh, time at the park. They peed on things together. Probably. They ate yellow snow. Mm-hmm. They did all the things. So I think so. R.I.P. Yeah. Lucky, but the, the Lucky and Mr. Gorilla Limited Adventures mm-hmm. are a story that we can all remember forever. Yeah, I think I'm shedding a little tear. Well, so, <clears throat> I mean, I'll do my own, um, you know, uh, I'll call it a moment. Should I call it a moment from a cynic? I don't know exactly what to call it. Uh, we've been saying it was going to be a rant. Uh, it's, it's, it's not entirely a rant, but... It's a light rant. Yeah, a light rant. A, a reflection from a cynical perspective. Okay. Um, so... I, I have this new wonderful dog, but it's mm. because my old dog, um, I had to put him down mm. and uh, had a conversation with my mother. We all remember her from earlier. Yeah. Uh, and her point was, you know, he, he gets put down. He's in pain. You know, he, he wasn't you know, functioning, you know, he, he was very despondent. He did, he was not well. And, you know, we were able to pet him and, you know, they give him medicine to go to sleep and then they, you know, give him something else to stop his heart, all very humane. And her point was, why don't people get that? Like Mm. we don't have the option for that. Uh, in the US and yeah she she just she went off for a while on all the friends of hers who had died recently and how horrible it was for each one of them mm-hmm. and so uh, she was really making a plug there for uh, guest euthanasia of people um she and I don't agree on a number of things um but she was very passionate about that and she did make a good point i think which was we don't treat our elderly very well and you know we should have more compassion and care and people visiting and kind of respect for and better places to live in you know towards the end of people's lives and Hmm. you know having having this type of empathy for a a dog is one thing like why can't we have that for people mm. like, why do we treat people so badly yeah um so yeah that's kind of what this made me think of um mm. 
So yeah, just a reflection. Treat your people at least as well as you would treat a dog. And here at Optimist versus Cynic, we're here to make you aware of your mortality while watching yep. the show Felicity. And I hope we've achieved that here. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Well, I figured this would be really fresh for you because I know that you're coming off of a very similar situation. Well, not exactly similar, but a similar situation. Um, and just because you've got a new dog now doesn't mean this memory is not fresh. Oh, no. And, and Charlie, my other dog, I think was an amazing dog and I will remember him always. Um, I mean, until I get old and can't remember things and I'm shut up in some sort of, you know, publicly funded, underfunded, uh, no, okay, we're not going there again. Um, so yeah, he, he was good. He was a good dog. And for anyone who is going through or has gone through something like this or will go through something in the future, there is a wonderful website called uh, Does the Dog Die? And so you can look up in movies or TV shows or whatever you want to look up uh, whether the dog dies. Oh, you can avoid them. That's yeah. a really, isn't it? That's a really that's smart idea. And I wish they had that right? for it. Um, yeah which is a different thing altogether, but like, I'm very glad somebody out there was like, there are people like me who need to warnings about stuff like yep. this. And they created that because I will say the next scene that we get to is the one where I was like, Oh, this is not going to be easy for fish. Um, was when they're at the vets and, yes. uh, it is the, the death scene from, mm. well, sort of, it's like the pre the immediate pre-death scene for lucky. And he's lying on the table and just getting everything ready. And Noel's there to support Felicity. Felicity's crying. She's petting lucky. And then David shows up because he actually talked to Lane and found out, Oh, oh this is where Felicity is. This is actually really bad with lucky. Um, so he shows up at the vet, Noel exits. And we just let the rest of the scene be about lucky pretty much. Um, although David's like, I kind of wish you would have told me this was happening um yeah instead of storming out um yeah, yeah. honesty but then bit, he just maybe. leaves it there because that's this is not the time or place for that conversation he says that one thing okay and then he's just gonna sort of stand there with felicity as she comforts lucky yeah and i think part of what got me through this scene was my visceral reaction to her headband okay really not okay and I could focus on that it, it gave me something to focus on so maybe it was positive in this scene but mm -hmm. you know don't do that again yeah well okay so let's parachute out of this one and uh, I think like the last Javier and Ben scene let's just do this halfway yes. um because it's half addressing this Felicity stuff and then it's half going to be interrupted by the Ben and Maggie uh dynamic <clears throat> so Javier is <laughs> scooping the jam out of a, the center of a Danish with his finger and eating it off his Which finger. I'm sure is very traumatic for you. It was really <laughs> disturbing. Um, it's like, my God, man, that is so unsanitary. Um, yeah. Like, eat, like, whatever's happening here, take it off of the, <laughs> like, it is no longer available for customers. First right. of all, and like patrons of Dean and DeLuca are not going to get this 
this Danish. (laughs) I need to know that. Um, But I don't. He's just sadly crying, scooping the jelly out or whatever it is in Danish uh, and, and eating it. And this is the scene where Scott Speeman is just full on breaking. Um, he's like, oh, this is such a poor dog. And Ben's like, don't cry, Javier. And Javier just explodes on Ben. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm very emotional. I'm not like you. I'm not this brute. I have emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's just trying to be like, don't, don't cry, Javi. I wonder how much of this was improvised. I, I mean, I didn't see anything in the script about scooping the stuff out of the (laughs) the Danish. Because when I first saw it, because we come in on that shot. Yeah. And I mean, you have to admit, when you're just seeing the finger and the Danish, it looks sexual. It does. It's, but then it's yeah. Javier. And then and he's you're sad. Like, it's really sad. And it's it's no longer sexual. He's, and, and then he's comfort- and it's like he's binge eating because he wants to be comfortable. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, that's this takes me to a totally new space. But then he is being so dramatic about it yeah. while being serious that Scott Speedman is breaking. So so <laughs> it wasn't in the script. It, the, not the donut part, or the Danish part, no. Oh, I mean, this is one of the best <laughs> scenes. Like, <laughs> bonus points in this episode for this scene. Uh, yeah. What what award can I give this? Uh, like, best improvisation? I don't know. Um, it's so brilliant. And just to see that before Scott Speedman has to flip around and have an incredibly uncomfortable scene... He ha- he has to deal with this guy. And <laughs> <laughs> like he goes from basically stifling a laugh visibly for the whole part with Javier to then turning around and being in a really serious guilt feeling. Um, so that that was like uh, <laughs> that was really funny to watch. And it made me it. I guess it sort of took me out of the show for a second being like, oh my God, Scott Speed is laughing. Um, <laughs> but like, how could you not? Uh, I know. Javier does that Javier. so perfectly. Uh, <laughs> now let's go back to Sirius. Uh, next time we're going to see Felicity and David are at David's apartment and Felicity is fessing up. She's like, you know what? I was using the dog as an excuse. You're right. And then she gets into why the, basically what David's been needing to and wanting to know, um, you know, like she basically, basically says, yeah, like, yeah, I have had relationships, but I had sex one time with a guy I barely knew. And for me, this would be like my first time. And, um, you know, in terms of really like having a relationship and knowing the person. And so now David has context. Yeah, and he has, I think, a great reaction. Mm. You know, he says, like, I care about you. And if you're not ready, that's fine. And he grounds it in something personalized to him, too. He's like, look, it's not like I was looking for this relationship. Like, I, I was coming off of something really bad myself. And I, you know... I'm spending time with you. I'm enjoying getting to know you. And if that's what this is right now, that's fine. 
And I think it makes it a very believable, very personalized way of him taking this pressure off of Felicity. Yeah, which is exactly what she needed. They have built, the show built all this pressure up in her head, you know, her thinking she has issues now. And there's just so much pressure around it. And he, in a very kind and I think empathetic way, says, you know, I, I'm really just interested in you and this relationship. It's not like I'm trying to force myself on you. Mm-hmm. And then Felicia's is like, great. She looks really relieved. Thank goodness. Now they kiss and they both seem to be into it. And then she's like, okay, I'm ready now. Yeah. I mean, now that there's no more pressure and I will say here, the kissing starts getting better. It's more passionate. Um, and what I was hearing, I don't know what music they were playing on the DVDs, but it was sort of this nineties, a little bit dark, but kind of still like sex music. Uh, mm. and it continues all the way through the end. The, this, this one, um, on the DVD was like this, somebody turns you on oh. female voice. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It was kind so of poppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So this is definitely like a nineties darker type feel, but it was still like mood. It was still the mood and it's still cringy for me because even though it is getting you know more passionate at this point, I just, I can't get it out of my head. You know, I just, I can't, I can't get out of my head that they're related. Okay. 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 Ooh, all right well but we do have a wonderful moment here where you know at, at least we don't have to see it kind of, it's a little bit like elena and mcgrath for me oh we don't have my to see it. goodness that's because really it's extreme uh, hey at least elena and mcgrath weren't related um and here we just it's a very nice fade out to mr gorilla hmm. so we get yeah. to see mr gorilla yeah who is watching them but anyway so then we're going to go to if you found that creepy uh (laughs) now we're gonna go to noel uh who's now having a conversation with felicity next day uh they're they're eating or there's kind of having a lazy morning and noel is like is it gone the mystery she doesn't answer but you know he knows. Well, she says it was, it was good. You know, he asked how it was. She said it was good. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, uh, this, this still had the sex music going on. Oh, yeah. When yeah. I, it was still the same music. Yeah. And same, and, same with the DVD version. Somebody turns you on. Um, <laughs> but then it kind of goes like a little like electronica at that point. Um, no then puts the icing on the cake here. Now you and I have something that you and David don't. Oh, no. I know. (sighs) But they both give each other this look after he says that, that's kind of like, yeah, I guess I kind of wonder what it would be like to be with you. And I'm thinking about it now. And no, Ruby. Okay. Ruby. Um, Yeah. It again, this is it's not noel's finest but then again we have seen noel not be great 
and he's been a lot better this season. Mm-hmm. But like creepy Noel is coming back. Yeah. So I'm not loving that moment. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's go from this storyline. There's two other storylines that don't have anywhere near as much meat to them, but there's something there for Ben and Maggie. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about Sean and Julie. Um, or maybe we roll all of them together because there are a couple yeah, of Yeah, I'd roll them that, together. Yeah. So uh, with the Ben and Maggie stuff, if you, uh, if you don't remember where we left off, Ben now knows that Maggie is married. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know what's going to happen from that, right? So then we get to this episode. And... In the middle of that, for it seems like every time Ben and Javier are having some sort of conversation at Dean, they're going to be interrupted by some member of Maggie's family, whether it be her or somebody else. So the first time, as Javier is uh, worried that that uh, mommy hates him for even considering bringing a dog into the home. Uh, and he's now talked about how he's, you know, an animal psychic, like Dr. Eliza Doolittle. He starts singing a song, I guess, from My Fair Lady. I don't know if I don't like musicals. So yes. you can confirm that fish. Yes. Um, okay. So he's in the middle of making a spectacle of himself in Dean and DeLuca. And Maggie <laughs> is now standing behind him. And Javier does the tisk 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 tisk. And he says, Benjamin. Okay. Now that brings us back to Maggie's first interaction with Ben. And, you know, since finding out that she's married and she's going to just come out with it. Yeah, this, um, this doesn't help my consent argument from last time. (laughs) Um, she, she, yeah, does initiate this. She just, she comes up to the counter and she says, look, what if I were to tell you I'm still interested? And, and Ben's like, I don't get it. She's like, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, uh, yeah. Just sit with this for a second. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Ben is not prepared for this at all. This was not what he expected. Was I really happen. don't think he was right. I think he figured, Oh, that was the big reveal. Maggie's gone mm-hmm. now that she's out of my life. And mm-hmm. instead she shows up at his place of work and says, let's do this thing. And yeah. Hey, if you're not interested, just tell me to go away. And then there's this like lingering silence. Yeah, it's not a super long silence because, I mean, he does get interrupted. Like Ben does have to go do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Javier calls him away. Like, yeah, and so he's. It seems like he's maybe not sure, but he also has to go deal with this other thing. Mm-hmm. But what I found kind of weird, maybe not weird, but and I don't want to say creepy because I don't think it was creepy, but it was something unsettling is when he walks away having not told her to leave maggie gets this grin on her face like she's one yeah she feels that the fact that he didn't instantly say not gonna happen Mm -hmm. you scumbag (laughs) (laughs) that he is basically a gonna cave like she is like you said, I think she thinks she's one because walking into that conversation, how did she know where his moral compass was? You know, like he could have been like, how could you like you're married, 
you're the worst. Like, you like, <laughs> like these are things he could have said. And that could yeah. have very easily been this conversation. He didn't say he that. could have said that. I think a 19-year-old guy, though, in college. But I think for Ben, it would have come out something like, Maggie, you're married. And I can't be, I can't do that. Like, I don't want to be part of that. You know, like he could have said something that was like a tisk, tisk, tisk for her. He could and... have, but I think from her perspective, she probably did not think he was going to turn her down. Yeah. Well, she's she assertively a... put it out there. That's yeah, for sure. She's also quite a confident, quite a confident lady, this Maggie. Um, but I just want to say I still love Terry Polo and Mm -hmm. I actually am watching another show with her in it right now, which is really good called Good Trouble. And I continue to just love her as an actress. And so, um, yeah, just I'm still like, even though I'm not obviously loving this, um, I just, you know, I have to say she's killing this part. Yeah. Well, so she, um, she went in, she was pretty direct, but she didn't get a direct response. And so we're going to sit with this for a little bit um, until quite a bit later in the episode. And before we get there, we're going to have some Julian Sean stuff mm-hmm. where, you know, we are really getting three completely, we're getting inside looks at three completely different relationships here. You've got Felicity and David who are at a major turning point in their relationship and they're having thoughtful conversation or they eventually get to a point where they have thoughtful conversation about it. They're addressing issues head on and and dealing with it. And I guess like dealing with the emotions behind it. And then you've got the Maggie and Ben stuff, which is not really dealing with emotions. They're just like animal instinct, right? And like trying to decide if they're doing the right thing um or if they want to do it yeah she's not really considering well he is and she's it's on ben yeah (laughs) and then you get this julie sean stuff which is this really sad so sad sad, pathetic sort of like dynamic here where julie continues to be completely oblivious to how strong sean's feelings for her are and sean continues to be tortured by her in a million different ways. Yeah, she does not even think of him as a guy. She doesn't. Like, she doesn't. There's absolutely no, like, I don't know if she thinks of him as a brother or she just thinks of him as a, another woman. Like, I don't know what she's thinking, but it is certainly not, there's nowhere in her brain does she think this man could ever be attracted to her. And look, the very fact that she walks into the room that he is in, just walking around the loft in her bra, looking for her shirt, like, and not a sports bra, like not a, she's wearing a very nice (laughs) black bra. Black. (laughs) Yeah. Like a sexy black bra, but walking around like it's nothing. That is bad news for Sean. That is not good for Sean. (laughs) Like she's not not nothing to Sean. Like it's nothing to her and it's just like oh man this guy um and he certainly notices that she's walking around in a bra looking for her shirt and then he's like oh the dog ate it (laughs) and she's like what like no didn't you know after all this time a dog you know she's like no didn't know that um so yeah it turns out lucky was very attracted to her shirt 
Yep. And this is exactly the perfect segue into her date. How did the date go with Seven, the poet from Cafe Havana? <laughs> well, this is actually when when she says that she has the date with Seven. Oh, yeah, she, she's going to have a date. Yeah, she wanted to wear the pink shirt that the dog has mm-hmm. now eaten with Seven. Yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a poet. And uh, they're, you know gonna have sex jack and he's like have fun she's like gonna have sex jack like <gasps> what i know it's like the whole uh, moment sean's whole face he's like <gasps> gasp um well, he's a yeah. little confused i think at first he's like wait she, you're actually saying that to me and she's like you know it's from that movie and then they have like a moment like we always have which is oh what was that movie what was that show i don't remember and they do that for a while again no shirt has been put on like zero percent of a shirt has been put on Mm -hmm. uh julie does kind of like cover the middle of her chest like the part without boobs Mm -hmm. um but Mm -hmm. no um she's she's just having this conversation yeah and this also i think is kind of putting this conversation sort of puts the show in a specific time period as well, because this is how it happened when you didn't remember something in the nineties, you would spend days wondering, thinking, racking your brain, trying to remember. And then eventually somebody would, or they wouldn't, and you'd forget about it altogether. Nowadays you like within a second, somebody like whips out their phone. They're like, Oh, it was this. Yeah. But this is how it was guys. I mean, remember those days. Yeah, we would like go to a bar and at some point someone would be like, all right, who can name the seven dwarves? And then you'd spend the rest of the night like trying yeah. to figure out what that last dwarf's dwarf name is. Yeah. Okay, this is for sure funny. how urban legends started. But like or like yeah, like <laughs> things things get twisted and you're like, how did how did this become this? It's like some people in the nineties were trying to remember something yeah, and they just eventually <laughs> all agreed to an answer oh. that sounded the most plausible. And mm. that was how we got information. That's how we did oh. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was our, our Wikipedia. It was just us sitting around trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So Okay, we have some other stuff happen in the in the show that we you know we've already covered, but then we're going to get to the next Sean and Julie scene, which is post date, middle of the night. Sean has had a wild night binging on smoothies and snacks. <laughs> well, I mean, as I told you, I'm assuming everything in the show is now in smoothies. Mm-hmm. So additional uh, ingredients now are chips. Uh, I think Diet Coke, mm-hmm. uh, mayo, which we all assumed, and mm-hmm. I believe a shallot. Was there mm-hmm. a shallot towards the end of that? I, I think I all know. of that. But and I, I'm also assuming that there's turkey. Well, so I did notice, that, I mean, I'm assuming that he used some of that stuff to slather smoothies onto as part of his meal. Um, am I correct in thinking that in the middle of the table, there was a giant industrial size container with the smoothies packaging? I did not see that if there was. 
it looked like it's it, you couldn't see the full label, but there was a label that says S M O O. Huh. And so I thought to myself, how does this man have, <laughs> this is not the first step in an invention process where you have like the logo and the full container and the full packaging and like an industrial size of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, the, I was very confused by it, but maybe. Well, from that perspective, this means that not only do you need smoothies, that you need additional mayonnaise mm -hmm. with smoothies. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a good point. So Julie interrupts this disturbing scene with Sean well, Sean's asleep, asleep on the couch and Julie wakes him because she remembered the movie mm -hmm. in the middle of the night and she's going to let him know it. And she wakes him up and the first thing he says is jerky. Yeah. Which I'm assuming again is in smoothies now. So or just what not she, yeah, what he had smoothies on. Not maybe. vegetarian. Yeah. So she remembers the movie. That's why she's woken him up. It's 48 hours. She's like, remember? We're going to have sex, Jack. And then and now he remembers it. And so they're, they're both just saying, we're going to have sex, Jack. Now it's all good. And then he's like, hey, how was your date? <laughs> like the reason for my binge fest. Um, how was that? She's like, eh, it was okay. Yeah. It was all right. Nothing, nothing to write date. With a yeah. guy named Seven. Yeah. And now, as much as Sean wants to get into it, because this is his opening, this is the moment, right? Julie's yeah. free for a hot minute. And yeah. uh, nope, Ben's going to interrupt because he needs to talk to Sean. He needs Sean's wisdom. Stat. He's freaking out. And He's freaking out about know. as much as we've ever seen Ben freak out. Yeah, we know how good Sean's advice is. Oh, Ben, he must be so desperate. So Ben <laughs> is like, has now made Julie leave the room, which Sean really was, that was not his preference. If there were no. two people in this apartment and he could talk to one, he wanted to be talking to the other one. Yeah. But here he is, a conversation with Ben, where Ben needs advice about Maggie and Sean simply can't focus. No, I mean, he's, he's really distracted. I mean, Ben is not sure about this. This is an ethical problem for him. But on the other hand, she's hot. So, you know, she must not be happy with her husband. So who really cares? Um, look, he needs Sean's advice here. Yeah. Because on the one hand, he should not be breaking up a marriage. On the other hand, he wants to have sex with her. Yeah. And so this is a conundrum. And Sean was supposed to help him fix it, but Sean just backs out of this conversation. He's like, sorry, too preoccupied, can't do it. Nope, mm -mm. nope, nope, nope. Distracted and by the Julie. Ben is now going to not have the advice that he needs, which is unfortunate because the next time we see Ben, he gets he's walking back to his apartment from wherever he just was. And Maggie is camped outside waiting for him. Oh, oh boy. See, I thought he was going to work because it looked like the same place that Felicity told him off and he was just in his apartment. Um, Felicity told him off. I, I finally, I actually pulled a screenshot of that for Instagram. What did it say? It was like 
student affairs office or student. It was, uh, uh, yeah. I have to, I have to find that picture. Um, but it said very, it looks like an administrative building. Yeah, this looked like, you know, there's just concrete there. So I don't know why, I guess because he was, like, we just saw a scene of him in his apartment. I thought he was on his way to Dean and Jaluka, but it doesn't really matter because I had already written down stalker when Maggie <laughs> says, hey, I'm just going to, you know, call this out for everyone who's still thinking about stalkers. Um, I'm not um, trying to stalk you. I'm going to answer our question really quick. It's the administrative services building that he, that Felicity broke up with him in front of. So that to me is just straight up administrative building. Um, so that's not, he, he was walking in. It wasn't the same building. I thought he was walking to the outside of the loft, but uh, could be another building. Um, but yeah, you're right. Maggie calls out the stalker thing. She's like, I'm not actually, look, I know it <laughs> seems like I'm a stalker here, but I'm not not realizing that like that's not that's not a no-go zone for ben oh. like that's actually still fine but she wants to be clear yeah. let's have an affair no no no. <laughs> no 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 she she is very clear i want to have an affair mm -hmm. she's like this is this is what i'm saying i don't want to play games i'm just going to be completely honest with you you know i'm married I want to have an affair mm -hmm. and um, here you go here. I'm going to hand this to you. Like your, your credit card. No, no, no. Yeah. Silly. Again, a confusion with the credit card. Um, and she's like, no, not, you know, you're not a gigolo. No, you uh, silly goose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's like, no, no, no. That would be the key to the Dakota hotel. Meet me at the Dakota hotel or I won't ask you out again. And so now Ben is just, it's on him. Mm -hmm. It's on him. Yeah. And the next scene with him in it, and it was a really short scene, um, we just see him laying down, kind of playing with this hotel key. And I swear I could see a little angel and devil, like, sitting on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he does... He doesn't know he's but he's gonna make up his mind mm -hmm. and uh guess guess what he picks yeah <clears throat> he decides he, he decides to go to the dakota hotel but <clears throat> well maybe you can filibuster here for a second because it just so happens that our friends at felicity restoration project just posted this clip into their Instagram with a different song that I did not like. Oh, um, so the song I had, um, I actually liked because, I mean, it was it was fine as a song, but the lyrics were, let's go up to my room. Yeah. So I, I can't, I don't have in front of me what song was played on the DVD, but... In the restored version from Felicity Restoration Project, this scene, both the part where Ben is thinking and the part where Ben goes to Maggie's room and the part where they're having set, like where they're having foreplay, um, the whole thing was underpinned by the song Jungle Fever by 
chakachas, which the whole, it makes the whole thing feel like, like I can, I think it was a perfect musical choice for when they're getting it on. But in the scene where, in the part of the scene where Ben is like flipping the key around in his hands, he looks to me like he's struggling with that choice. Like he's really thinking about that choice. And I think to underpin the whole thing with the same like hot, let's get it on music makes it seem like he wasn't thinking that hard about it. And I think he was. I agree because the song Let's Go Up to My Room didn't start until after he went up to the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. So this was, um, I, I agree. I was waiting to hear what your assessment of that first part was. And I agree with it where I do think he would like angel and devil. Yeah. Like, should I do this? Should I not? Who does that make me? But I like her. Like, you know, like I think all of that was, something that he was and I think he was also sitting there thinking like what's happening in her marriage she must not be happy like you, you know like he, he probably had some of that going on um he's trying to justify it yeah he was trying to justify it I think um but I think that's all part of Ben was taking this very seriously in fact we would know that from the fact that he really wanted to have this conversation with Sean he was asking for advice because he's been batting this around in his head um and then he does make the decision and he goes all in and he goes to the Dakota hotel and he's with Maggie now. And so he makes his choice, but I do think the music matters here. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the music that was streaming um, mm-hmm. and when it started, uh, but I didn't take a lot of notes during this scene because it was really good. I mean, I wanted to watch it. They have very good chemistry. And this, you know, I've been trying to put my finger on what is it that I really don't like about David and Felicity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't help now thinking they're related. But um, even without that, like the episode before, it, there's no passion there. Mm -hmm. He, I think both Noel and Ben are very passionate about Felicity and they, it manifests itself differently. You know, Noel's awkward and he gets real jittery and he like dives in for first kisses and just like knocks the girl to the floor. Um, But he, he is passionate about her. He has these sweet moments where he'll like move her hair away and Ben does the same thing. And Ben, I mean, is even more so like he is just, I think, a very passionate person Mm -hmm. and he's very comfortable with touch. And, you know, I noticed this because touch is one of my love languages. And I feel like that's really missing with David. Mm -hmm. I mean, this type of just like complete raw passion, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't exist in the world with David and Felicity. Yeah. And I think that their dynamic is based off of different love languages too. Like, I think that first of all, they're, they're very much expressive in words. Um, and I think acts of service is probably really big for David and we'll see more of that in the next episode as well. But he, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're ever meant to think that we look, 
a lot of people don't remember David who <laughs> 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 watch the show and know it really well. <clears throat> like they barely remember that or they don't, they skip over it. it like there, there are enough people who are like, kind of liked Nolan Ruby. You don't hear that with David and Felicity. <laughs> and this is, you know, the show labels him as a B-list person from the beginning. Yeah. You know, like, we're meant to think he's not on par with Ben or Noel. And like they ask us from the moment we meet him to label him as a B-list person. To not be interested. Yeah. So I think that's, that's, they did that on purpose. I think that there's a serious relationship happening here in terms of the maturity that it's calling for Felicity to have partly because he's older and he's a grad student and he's communicating differently than these other guys in her life. But um, I will say, and this I'll, I'll spoil a little bit on this fish. Like we're going to see in the next episode that um, like David feels about Felicity. Like there, there's this, what, what's the right relationship to talk about here? Like, you know, like in the SATs, like this word is to this word as this word is to this word. Well, you know they don't have those anymore in the SATs. Oh my they goodness. Them. That's probably yeah. good. Really good. Um, sense. It's like, what, what analogies? Yeah. yeah. So this analogy that uh, the relationship that they're setting up here, like David is more into Felicity than Felicity is into David. Yes. And that mirrors so many of the other things happening here. You know, like uh, even if you look at the Ben and Noel dynamics, um, like in a way you could say Felicity, even at the end was more into Ben than Ben was into her. And so there's going to be a parallel here that she's going to notice where she's like, Oh man, he's more invested than I am. And you can see it already brewing here and it's going to come to a head pretty quickly. Um, But I think that's important for her to see too, because she's been in a relationship where she was more the, uh, whatever that quote was that I didn't love, (laughs) like she was the one who had the stronger feelings. She's been the one, she's been the one where um, she wasn't the one with the stronger feelings, but now she's in like a real adult relationship and she's going to see that dynamic from a different angle. And and this is important. Yeah. She called Ben out for being a coward, Mm -hmm. right. For the way he treated her. And yet she did the exact same thing to David in this episode by just leaving the apartment and trying to get him to break up with her. Yeah. And this is not all going to be lost on her. You give it one episode and you're going to see some payoff for some of those realizations with her. And the the truth of the matter is that when she broke up with Ben, she was articulating to him the things that she needs and the things that she wants. And she's now finding some of those things are true and some of them are actually not Mm -hmm. Um, because she's getting the thing that she wanted. And there's not really that passion behind it. So some other things to to think about because I mean, I am glad that they have the Ben and Maggie relationship because we are so lacking in passion with David Mm -hmm. that at least Ben's, you know, B list person, there's no lack of passion there. 
Yeah. And that is not the problem that they have. So, uh, so we're going to cutting back to the hotel room. They're, they're hot and heavy. They're having foreplay. She is up with her back against a mirror. So Ben gets his first, I guess his first look at a butterfly tattoo tramp stamp on her back. Yeah. You probably shouldn't call them tramp stamps anymore, but we do. That's yeah. That tells you the location. Sorry, everybody. Yep. Um, <laughs> but she does she has this beautiful butterfly tattoo on her lower back and I mean the fact that he can just you know walk in the room start kissing her pick her up put her down you know sitting on something and I mean the whole thing is just so not the awkward cringy touristy mm. David thing I mean it's we need something like this because you know otherwise i really could just skip the episode <laughs> yeah well it's interesting with the the ben and maggie stuff that they're pretty economical about how they do it but it kind of everything they show you means something here or is going to be used in the next scene that with that you know like it's it's interesting how everything weaves together very tightly even though we don't have a ton of men ben and maggie content i i apparently i'm trying to smash their names together and make men which is unfortunate because <laughs> <laughs> i've said it twice now that's not a well, thing men and baggy neither <laughs> one of these two i guess yeah. you're right um yeah. so because uh, the next time we're going to see them is uh, after they've had sex. They're in bed. Maggie, as she does, is on the phone having a serious work conversation, getting things done. Ben is being goofy. I don't know that goofy is the right word. I mean, they're laughing together. He's distracting her with little kisses. And, you know, it's, it's I don't know. It's what you do, mm-hmm. you know, when you're being intimate, you know, yeah. and, and she's on a call and he's, yeah, he's just trying to, trying to distract her, just trying to, you know, see what's going on. And, yeah. and then unfortunately he gets a little curious. And he opens up her, was it a wallet? Yeah. Um, and he sees her license and he, mm-hmm. you know, laughs uproariously, but silently at the <laughs> silly photo that he sees. But he keeps slipping. And there's a picture of her and her husband. Two pictures. Yeah. And it's a sobering moment. You can see on his face, like, whatever agreement he came to himself, like, with when he was thinking about going to the hotel room, he was putting this other guy away. Mm-hmm. And then here he is right there in front of him. Right there. And it's important that we have this moment, not only to see how it's very sobering to Ben, but also he now knows what this guy looks like. Yeah. And I, I feel like Ben's preferred position for thinking about things is on his back mm-hmm. because he was on his back earlier with the key. And then here he sees the picture and he puts it down and like he takes it away from him and he like, you know, flips back on his back and he's like, Oh, what he's a ceiling doing? starer. Yeah. If that's a thing. I don't know. But so yeah it's not the guilt of it all is starting to set in a little bit maybe but he's he's not able to ignore the fact that this guy exists he's now seen a picture of this guy and sure enough the next time we're going to see ben 
is when he's back at Dean and DeLuca with Javier. Javier's having, we're having that scene where Javier's crying, eating the jam out of the Danish and making Scott Speedman laugh. And this is interrupted by none other than Maggie's husband. Who in the script does not get a name. He's just called Maggie's husband. Mm-hmm. Okay. No name. He may or may not get a name in the next episode. I'm trying to think. Um, I feel like I almost want to say his name is Charlie. Don't know. Let's see if that bear, it, that uh, comes to pass. But he um, he is behind the counter, waiting to be served. And he tries. He tries valiantly. Then tries mm-hmm. to get Javier to take this order. Sure does. But Javier is a mess. He's Just crying. Mess. He's got fingers full of Danish jelly. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, and he is just not in a position to help this man. He's crimson. Okay. He's, He's flushed. Too emotional. Yeah. So Ben, who wants to be anywhere but here, now has to help Maggie's husband, who, if it, if it couldn't get any worse than that, the reason Maggie's husband is there is that he wants to get a cake for their anniversary and any chance... You could put a butterfly on it <laughs> in frosting because there she loves them. And, and Ben knows that Ben um, knows that too. Yes. Uh, intimate knowledge of this. Yes. And he will not look at the unnamed husband who might be called Charlie. He just, he cannot meet eyes with the man he has, I guess, for lack of a better term, cuckolded. Yeah. First of all, if this guy is actually named Charlie in the next episode, <laughs> I just want you to know I win at trivia when I've always lost. That's it. Like I've always lost a trivia. Now I win. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is really uncomfortable. Ben is yeah. face to face with his guilt. <laughs> like this is just, uh, and like it couldn't be worse, right? He's seen the picture of the guy. The guy shows up. He knows exactly who he is. He wants an anniversary cake with a butterfly on it that men just saw when he was having sex with Maggie. And it's like, oh. Yeah. And I love how it's not defensive or righteous, but it, it, it Ben gets really weird with this guy. He's like, I, I'd like a cake. And Ben's like, you want me to get you a cake? Yeah. And he's like, can you put a butterfly on it and frosting and he's like you want me to frost the cake (laughs) (laughs) the guy's like well i don't know (laughs) might be you it it could be someone else Uh i just want to order it (laughs) you're absolutely right it was a it was an unnecessary tone for the average conversation with a stranger customer yeah but he has no context for the fact that ben actually there's just a lot of baggage here, man. Yeah, ben, <laughs> ben is feeling bad. Ben can't look him in the eyes. Ben is looking down. He he is not not feeling good. Oh, Benjamin. Yeah, and we're gonna leave him squirming right there. Yeah, um, that's it. That's all we get. That's all we get with this relationship for this episode. But it's plenty. It's plenty <laughs> for us to think about. That's for sure. <laughs> so I think we've set up. Uh, We've, yeah, we've, we've set things up with all of these relationships. Um, 
we'll just see how it keeps unfolding. We're still, we're still in the buildup to get a payoff, but we're going to get some payoffs in the next episode. So I think, yeah. I think that, um, the next one's fun. I like it. All right. Um, is there anything else with the main part of this episode? I don't think so. All right. So I'm looking forward to the next one. So the question I have for you, Fish, yeah. do you have any, any censorable lines in the, what the glove did they say section? What the glove did they say? That was perfect. Um, I do. I will say this was another one of those episodes that had a lot of short dialogue. So it makes okay. it, makes it a little hard, but I did find three. So we've had our, um, our little song, our opening song for the segment mm-hmm. of WTG. I'm not going to do these in uh, order of how good they are because I think they're all roughly the same. So lowering expectations. The first one is Noel when he meets Lucky. And he says, oh, it's amazing. Looks just like Wolfie, my neighbor's in Boston. I loved Wolfie. I mean, I was allergic as hell. Two minutes with Wolfie and my eyes would puff up. My face would break out. My windpipe would just like shut down. I finally get to play with Wolfie. Wow. So you can, uh, you can decide what would you think Wolfie stands for? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. And then what I'm thinking about it, it's standing for. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So number two, we've got Sean. And this is when Julie, you know, is tits out, coming out. And uh, he's got to explain what happened to her shirt. And he'd already said, you know, didn't you remember we had a dog? And then he says, I'm kidding. Felicity brought over a stray dog and he was just really attracted to your. It was weird. Hmm. Mm. My gosh. Well, yeah. 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 On the nose. Yeah. And yeah, the third one is Maggie shooting a shot with Ben. And she says, that's the key to room 1125 at Dakota Hotel. And if I don't you tonight, I will never ask you out again. Oh. But uh, I do hope to you. Woo, literal. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Well. That's pretty much, you know subtext becoming the regular text <laughs> pretty yeah pretty much yeah that's what she really meant we know yep we know mm-hmm. okay well i um i've been te- look we have so much listener feedback so let's get into <laughs> after you listen to this tape you have to erase it the segment we all know and love look yes, we, the, we we have so much feedback that i um you know, we really try to think about like what episodes 
it goes with. And we actually, I would like to say, I'm going to tease you all that we got a treatise on Felicity and Noel from the one and only Galena at Galinsky underscore. So I'm very excited to be able to release that information, but it's not the time for a lot of that yet. But we'll hear some stuff from from other things that she said, as well as some other things that have come up um, in this episode or, or some recent past episodes that it feels like a good time to maybe button that up with some feedback. And then, you know, next time we have some David feedback. And so I just, if, if you've shared any comments with us, like we're, we really try to incorporate as many as we can. So if it doesn't happen here, just, you know, stay tuned. Um, the first and thing I, I wanted say, to point out, well, mm-hmm. I will say, you know, I, I still haven't been able to read Allison's treaty on Ben. And now the second one is coming in and we are so appreciative. And also it's kind of killing me that I can't read it. Yes. But I, I trust in Melissa. She will release the information as as it is appropriate. And when we are done with all four seasons, <laughs> I will finally be able to read the genius that are, that are these. And I'm gonna like I'm gonna be spoon feeding pieces of it along the way, um, but it'll be fun fish for you to read back when it's all done, and you can read it in full and the flow of it. Um, in, in in all cases, we love long feedback. But oh, yeah. it's up to Fish whether or not she wants spoilers for things. And so when we have a treatise on a full dynamic that lasts the course of four seasons, I have to be a little careful. Um, yeah. And yeah. plus, I haven't picked uh, really between Ben or Noel. I mean, it's it's changed a couple of times. So, you know, I either yeah. have to read both or neither, I guess. But I'm just, I don't know whether I will have picked by season four. But... You may not have. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it'll be really interesting to see um, when and how your thoughts change. I, I think as we've been doing the unpacking that we've been doing, my stance hasn't necessarily changed, but my the way that I evaluate these relationships has. So mm-hmm. it's that's been interesting. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it continues to change as we, or like what we continue to unearth as we get further into the series. Um, but the first thing I wanted to point out was way back when on Instagram, we had done a question about like, what do you love about Javier? We got a lot of feedback to that. Some of it's relevant for now, some of it's not, but an overwhelming number of people loved mommy. <laughs> <laughs> we have at fashion grunge pod. Anytime he mentions his cat, mommy. <laughs> at Colleen.tenbus. It's not a quote, but I love that his cat's name is mommy. <laughs> and this isn't exactly in this episode, but it's relevant. At Amy Sherbani says, Benjamin, say hello to mommy. <laughs> um, so I'm just saying that what we saw on screen is it really like <laughs> <laughs> much loved by many people. We saw mommy in the flesh hope- and the fur. Yeah, I hope that that she continues to be part of this because, yeah, I was a huge fan. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't even really remember ever seeing Mommy. So the fact that so many people, when we asked just a blanket question, like, what tells us, what do you love about Javier? So many people pinned down Mommy. <laughs> and I was like, wait, Mommy? 
Well, <laughs> there she was. Yep. In all her like poofy glory. She was amazing. And yeah, Javier's relationship with animals is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So another thing that we talked about recently, well, somewhat recently in the depths, um, we had asked a question on Instagram about whether people wanted to hear Julie's mean song about Felicity or not. Fish, I feel like you did. Um, yes. I was happy to have it be like, I felt like my imagination was better than hearing the song. And so we, first of all, at Felicity Restoration Project, it just so happens was about to post, it was, it was uh, basically, they were reading our post and they were like, you know what? They actually had a line from the song in the trailer for the episode or like the, the preview for the episode and the commercials. And so there was um, a, a scene. It looks like they must have recorded the whole song. And they just gave a little clip of it, like a moment of it in the trailer. And it was Felicity looking absolutely disgusted, as Julie says. Uh, oh, what was she saying? Um, like, everything's about revolves. Felicity yeah. to, to, to see. <laughs> like everything revolves around Felicity or something like that. Yeah. Um, and Felicity is looking just grossed out. <laughs> and, but you know that that must have been a whole recorded song. Right, which um, bugs me because I'm like, you've recorded it and then you cut it? Yeah, they decided like, not to show it. Well, it would have probably really? killed a bunch of time um, where they totally had that time, but whatever. Uh, I would have taken the song over the story about Noel projectile vomiting. <laughs> like if I had to vote, yeah, I'd like the mystery that is not hearing the song. But if I had to pick which thing to spend time on, I'd pick differently. Anyway. Um, so we had a few different people, a couple of different people respond on that. In addition to the fact that Felicity Restoration Project then posted the trailer on their Instagram account. So you can actually see that little bit with the song. Um, but we had a couple other responses. So at Galinsky underscore said, I kind of love that it is left up to interpretation with some tantalizing lines thrown in. We get to fill the blanks, which I think might be worse than anything that they could write. Um, and then actually at Colleen.Tenbus seems to agree with that. She says, to be honest, I kind of loved that we didn't hear it, but Amy Jo does have a beautiful voice as we hear with puddles of grace. And then in true. response to her at mem underscore 0026 said, I agree. Totally. Okay. Not to hear it. So I didn't hear from anybody other than you who wanted to hear it, but I bet those people are out there. Um, I, I imagine there are people who really wanted to hear the full song. Yeah, I did. I still want to hear the the full song. I just, I don't know. I think it would have been funny. And I, I want to hear Julie do a, like a better song. It just, I don't it's know. It's strange like because be some of the lines that Megan told us were in Julie's song, like, Astor Place trim and she thinks she's Joan of Arc, blah, 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 slot of Washington Square Park. Yeah. When I think about the song that she sang about Carol, <clears throat> it wasn't that specific. It was much more about like the feeling. It was much more about the emotion that she was feeling. <clears throat> like that idea of like, I deserve a little bit of you wasn't mm -hmm. about accusing Carol of what she was doing. It was about saying what she deserved, um, what Julie deserved. So I do think it's strange 
how specific she got in the song about Felicity, but you know, it goes to show you that's where she was at. Um, yeah, I don't think this is, I mean, I think the song about her mom is, you know, her reflecting on, say, really deep emotions she's had her whole life and, you know, bringing that up and creating in the songwriting process, I think, you know, a recordable song. Whereas mm-hmm. with the Felicity song, it feels like she's spiteful, she's bitter, she just wants to get her anger out and it's it's called felicity yeah so i mean i don't think she was going for hey this is going to make it to a record label it's just i'm gonna say mean things yeah similar to the (laughs) when ben dies song that we never heard um also with they should have released like an album of these songs yeah felicity's uh, julie's songs Yeah. yeah well okay so that was, uh, you know, some comments based on something we threw out. Another comment from Galena, uh, from her email, based on something that we talked about very recently, um, she says, I will say on the awkward opening scene of Crash, while I completely get your takes on it and have no idea why they were all having a, a candlelit dinner, I kind of love the awkwardness that ensues after Elena tells them that each of them is thinking of the other, Felicity and Noel. Maybe it is just because I love Felicity and Noel as a potential couple or anywhere where they're interacting, but there is a particular type of tension that is presented in young adult shows. And I think that Carrie Russell and Scott Foley nail that awkwardness. I guess it just worked for me. Hmm. So we uh, perhaps didn't celebrate the awkwardness, but Galena does. She asks us, celebrate the awkwardness. This is what young adult dramas do. I mean, that episode was all about living in the awkward mm-hmm. so that's that's what it was you know kind of start to finish um and and we did talk a little bit about the types of awkward you know that i like awkward when it's sort of foisted from one character onto another for the first character's amusement um but not so much when it just kind of occurs and I don't know. I think, I mean, it happened in this episode, I guess, a couple of times between Noel and Felicity um, that they just had these awkward moments again mm-hmm. because of Elena. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess this is going to keep happening. Um, I do, I do hope at some point she sleeps with, you know, both Noel and Ben. So we get to see the difference. Um, but I don't know. I I do enjoy some of the awkward, but I will say like this episode it got really cringy especially towards the end. Yeah. Like that weird look with the it's situational for me. Yeah. I think that's fair. It's very fair. Well, yeah. That no. Yeah. I I don't <laughs> even know what to tell you. Really. What do I even say? Um, so much more season two to see here. Uh, we have one more comment from Galena that I really wanted to share, even though it's a random thing to place into this one, but I'm just on a roll with Galena. So we had asked fish cause we know that we've got people listening from all over the world. And one of the things we both expressed interest in is like the show Felicity does 
feel very nostalgic in terms of our own college experience and maybe the U.S. college experience. But what is it like for people who are in other countries? And uh, so Galena weighed in on that. She says, I wanted to briefly say that being from Australia and in particular from Sydney, the biggest city in Australia, most of us just go to university in our home city. So I never moved away from home and most of my friends didn't either. And I actually think that in watching Felicity, there was always a fantastical element to me of being in a dorm room away from home, forming connections to people quickly because of the proximity of them being in your life. I loved the way the show depicted college life, whether or not the rooms were accurately represented. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, they were we, not. We appreciate you, Glenn. <laughs> um, most of them were not that large. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, no. Although we did have one my sophomore year that was. Um, my gosh, it was huge. Uh, but came complete with a rat. So oh. that is, uh, or mice, might have been mice. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, I can watch stuff about like British shows about boarding school and still enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like I've watched uh, like Dairy Girls or like I watch, um, you know, different different shows from either high school or college from different countries. And Mm -hmm. I yeah, I still find it interesting just for the human relationships and people do kind of go through some of the same stages in life or questions about themselves or drama or whatever it is. So I can see other people enjoying it. Um, I do wonder, I mean, it, it, I mean, if she stayed home the whole time and there was no dorm that, I mean, I feel like the dorm experience is, it's definitely something to be experienced Mm -hmm. um, because it's so different living you know in an apartment or even having a roommate like after college Mm -hmm. the dorm experience i feel like is a very specific experience um and probably is very different from the british experience of going from boarding school into university yeah Um, i will say that i would be a totally different human today if I hadn't dormed away in college. Yeah, absolutely. And I really needed that experience to develop as a human. Um, And and that's, that is a thing, uh, the way that when I'm thinking of what I mean by that, it's specific to me in what I needed in my own development, but that was what it was that I needed. I needed to have, um, uh, some separation and, and some autonomy and to, to live with my peers, living with my peers was really important. And building those social relationships was really important for me. But I, I, I think that's probably true for a lot of people. Yeah, because you experience one thing growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And you've got your family. And then when you're put in a situation, not just with say one roommate or people you're working with, but you're really living with a large number of people your age and you get to know them. Um, To me, it was this kind of revelation of, oh, there are other ways to live. Yeah, that's exactly like the idea that, oh, this is what my normal is. This is what your normal is. This is what your normal is. Oh my gosh. 
we all have completely different versions of what normal looks like. And that was true for everything. It was about your, your routine. It was about your, your customs. It was about like how you communicated. Everybody came in with their own set of, of, uh, practices of what, what they were good at, what they were bad at, what, what was normal for them. And you end up being exposed to so much new information. And if, and you may be somebody who like, maybe one of those pieces of information was like the missing link for you. For me, like 3000 pieces of that information were the missing (laughs) link for me. So I was just like, my brain exploded my freshman year. But I think everybody probably has something that they see that's like, oh, oh, that's what I needed to know. And (laughs) you like reframe a lot of information from your pre-college days by doing that. Yeah. And I'll just mention it again here because I'm watching it and really liking it. Uh, The show uh, Good Trouble is uh, it's about two sisters who move into a communal Uh, no, an intentional living space or something like that. But it's Mm -hmm. basically communal living. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a little bit like a dorm, you know, people are of different ages. um, But, you know, you, people eat together sometimes, you know, you're like in and out of each other's rooms, you talk and you get to know the people you're from very different backgrounds. Um, what I like about it is that they do share kind of a common purpose, like they volunteer together and stuff like that. So there is like that intention to it. Um, so I'm not saying I'm going to like go off and live on a commune cause that's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something about communal living that I think is very special and is, um, it's it's very different than like living in a condo because you don't really know your neighbors um yeah you know you can try to come together but it it's not the same and an apartment is not the same uh mm-hmm. as a dorm room. fish can i tell you a story you can absolutely that has nothing to do with anything because we we're already I, I have no idea how many hours we've been talking but it's been and a lot those are the who best. cares are if the we talk best about stories so um <laughs> We in my freshman dorm, our floor was all freshmen, except for we had a sophomore who was our resident uh, counselor, and which is, you know, the show Felicity calls it a resident advisor, same thing. But then we also had Brad the junior, (laughs) (laughs) who his name was Brad and he was a junior. And wow. Brad the Jr. You guys were very creative. Brad the Jr. I have no idea how Brad the Jr. got roomed in a dorm with all freshmen. Brad the Jr. had a girlfriend. Brad the Jr. was pretty independent. He was in kind of did his own thing. Nobody really had a relationship with Brad the Jr. of the people in our dorm, <laughs> but we all knew him. We all said hi to him. He was Brad the Jr. Yeah. One day, Brad the Jr. was coming back home from wherever he was and he was on the phone with his girlfriend 
And Brad, the junior was having a conversation that everybody could hear all the way down the hallway in each passing room that Brad graced us walking past every single door, having this phone conversation, not really thinking about what he was saying. And Brad, the junior was telling his girlfriend, I ate a bean burrito and I read. No, 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 bean burrito, bean burrito. Can you hear Bean burrito. No, I ate a bean burrito and I reek. No, I reek. I smell really bad. And he's, he just, he just keeps going. And as he's walking by, you can see, like, as he passes a door, heads poke out from the door and everybody is watching Brad the junior walk down the hallway talking about how he ate a bean burrito in Greeks. and by the time he got all the way to his room every single door had heads of people who live in it poking out all of us were like what what just happened and we look at each other and we all collapse to the ground laughing and I was like Guys, this couldn't have happened anywhere but a college dorm. Exactly. That's the magic of the college dorm. I am elated Nobody that I was able to tell the story. I can't even tell you. No, nobody in an apartment complex just leaves their door open. Mm-mm. But everybody in a dorm room does. Mm-hmm. So you hear everything. Um, oh, my goodness. It uh, was poor Brad. So none of you could smell him, though. None, None of, of us could like, smell him. second this. Like the only um, reason we knew he reached was that he was saying it, but he had wafted <laughs> past all of our rooms and we didn't smell the bean burrito. We just, it was like a moment of collective mirth for everybody but Brad. Yeah, we, we had the same thing, but not the same thing. We had our RC and then we had one... I don't, I don't know if he was a sophomore or junior, but his name was Biko. Biko the junior. <laughs> Biko the sophomore. That yeah. We just all called him Biko because that mm-hmm. was his name. Um, and he really liked smoking weed. Okay. And the, the campus police, I guess, got like turned on to this. And <laughs> I mean, you got to understand the campus police where we went, I mean, they would smoke with you. So it doesn't... It, but apparently we also had the regular police kind of alerted as well. So it became more of a thing. And so they would kind of routinely show up to his room and like be banging on the door because, you know, we could all smell it. Mm-hmm. And Biko had this very interesting way of getting out of confrontations with the police, which is he would open his window and I guess he had removed the screen and he would just get out and run along the roof. <laughs> and so sometimes you'd just be looking out your window and like Biko would be coming by. Like, and sometimes the cops would be chasing him on the roof, sometimes not. Uh, as far oh. as I know, he never got really caught. Um, but yeah, it was just like, you know, there's the nightly Biko <laughs> sighting, either with or without cops. Oh. Um, trying to chase him on the roof and yeah he was he's a fun fun guy none of us again we didn't really get to know him we'd say hi but he was in a puff of smoke and um 
I mean, he certainly brought some aroma to our dorm. Mm-hmm. And routine checks What's by up the with cops. upperclassmen always bringing aromas to a dorm, you know? <laughs> no. I just, guys, if you, look, if you didn't have the privilege of dorming away <laughs> in college and go, or going to college in the U.S., if those things are not synonymous, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These share are some of the magical moments that we experienced. <laughs> we are more than happy to share them with you. Yeah, it's a public service. I've never been happier to tell the story of Brad the Jr. This does not come <laughs> up on an everyday basis. And to know about Biko, this is brand new yeah. information for me. Gosh. Yeah. God wow. love it. Um, there was stuff like that that happened all the time. I also remember in my freshman dorm, there was a guy who was trying to learn how to play guitar, but he was doing it badly. And he was trying <laughs> to learn Jimi Hendrix's version of the Star Spangled Banner, which oh. is not the starting point. <laughs> I'm like, that was another time when just like people on an entire floor were just like covering their ears with pillows and just commiserating together in the torture that was this guy trying to figure it out. <laughs> I, like, oh. We did have a, someone who I guess was more considerate than that. We had a, a girl who like lived right near me um, and she had a, a violin. And I, I, I think it was part of, I don't know if she was a music major, but she would go into the bathroom to practice. I mean, for hours. Mm-hmm. And so we couldn't really hear her, but it was. It was but everybody awkward. had to go to the bathroom really badly, and she was using it. Um, yeah, I mean there were multiple bathrooms okay. available, but like she did. So you got like, serenaded if you had to go to the bathroom while she was practicing. No, we had individual bathrooms for like every two dorm oh. rooms. Okay. So she only took up the bathroom for like her room and the room next to her. Oh, and wow. Really small, which is why it was so weird that she was practicing in there. Cause I mean, you barely had room to like move your arms to play a violin. Hmm. And I just felt bad. Like you had to be stuck in the bathroom all the time. Yeah. Like practicing your violin. Yeah. Um, that's not uh, cool. Gosh. Well, trip down memory lane. What a, what a time. <laughs> what a time. Um, should we get back to talking about Felicity? Yeah, we should probably do that. So all I of think, you who didn't <sighs> skip ahead, if you're still listening. Um, I mean, hey, we're probably closing it on seven hours or something now, so it's fine. Uh, let's rate the episode. And I, I've asked you to jump jump in the last, I don't know how many times, but I'll, I'll start. And I haven't been one. helpful at all. <laughs> well, okay. So here, I'll tell you what. The unit of measurement is simple for this one. Mm. Fruitless Danishes. I was going to say, it's got to have something to do <laughs> on the air. I mean, Guys, I know Danish. it's a really small detail, but if you haven't rewatched the episode just for this, like oh, rewatch man. just that piece. Go find it. Watch yeah. him stick his whole finger in, all <laughs> out, lick it off his finger, and just like keep it on the tray. <laughs> I just knew that was going to bug you so much. Um, okay. Fruitless Danishes is my unit of measurement. I went with 6.9. Oh, 
Okay. Now this is partly based on, I looked at my rating for the last one. I feel it was a little stronger than the last one. I don't feel like it was, there was a lot of randomness (laughs) that happened here. There are some threads that they're trying, like there are some serious relationship dynamics that I think they conveyed accurately. And then there's a bunch of stuff that's completely arbitrary that they threw in to make those things happen. Um, And so, okay. Um, I think that they're telling a cohesive narrative in terms of the relationships. I still think they're building here. And so I did want my score to build from the last one, which was a 6.6 for the love bug. Um, and they're working towards a payoff, right? They had to, they had to give us an on-ramp for the next big moments. And we're still in that phase right now. And you have to remember, we're coming off of, you know, at the end of season one, the beginning of season two. Those were huge, huge cliffhangers, huge like payoffs for those built moments. And they're, they started from basically ground zero when, you know, after episode two of this season, Felicity broke up with Ben. She's not with Noel. Everything we knew about the show has to be recreated. She's changed her look. A lot of people's relationships are in great tension. So we've been building and I think we're in a place where there is some stability happening. And that's what my score reflects. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know that that you're definitely like more appreciative of the David relationship mm-hmm. than I am because it does, you know, I mean, from a, a when you reflect back on it and you know see Felicity's growth and all of that, and you're thinking about that, I I can see how it might be more interesting, but. Yeah, I just still find him super boring and this episode super cringy. Mm-hmm. So I uh, definitely gets dinged for that. It gets dinged for Elena, like just being way over the top um, in trying to push Felicity into having sex. Mm-hmm. And, but it also had some like really great moments. Like I love when Elena called out Felicity for just dumping this dog on everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the fact that Lucky was a dog and mm-hmm. I was right. So, ha, huh? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Ben didn't own him. Um, and it gets major bonus points for Maggie and Ben scenes because mm-hmm. hot. Mm-hmm. Um, loving those two and all of the humor from Javier. I actually love the scene with the danish <laughs> so <laughs> i wanted to see you know maggie's husband eat the danish like, oh my I, gosh i know i know it upsets you but really would have been take just the fine. danish off the tray if you're gonna do that <laughs> i mean he's please. too emotional to be thinking about he's that crimson yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay so so what um, did you rate this episode so I would say, like, had it not had the Ben and Maggie stuff, I probably would have given it like a 5.5, but it gets a whole like bump up to a 6.5 wow. with that included, plus all the Javier stuff and what's going on with, I mean, that look that Sean gave Julie once oh she walked my away. God. 
but just the longing in that look. I mean, there were just these moments in this episode that I really appreciated. Um, so it it, it kind of, I think, not quite balanced it out, um, but I still enjoyed it overall. I really was not a big fan of the the David, like all of the David Felicity stuff. I was just not a fan of any of that. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, I I powered through and got to the good stuff. Yeah. Okay, we we landed in a really similar place here. Um, six point yeah. five, six point nine. Um, okay, that's one of our closer closer spreads, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think w- for different reasons we're landing there, but nonetheless, so awesome as, as usual. <laughs> well, we look, folks. We would love your feedback. We want to know what you think this episode about other episodes about things that are coming up your treatises your feedback your fan art whatever we want to hear about your college experience did you have brad the junior like (laughs) people or bico like people in your college we want to hear everything okay we get so giddy (laughs) when we hear from people about their stories yeah we text each other and we're like check this out check this out no matter what time of day it is it's like yeah 2 a.m. professional. I'm like, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this person had this college experience. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you want to share any of that kind of information with us, you can reach us at themelissafish at gmail.com. It's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. So many of the cool people we've been naming, they're over there with yeah. us. It's fun. Um And if you want to know when we drop our podcasts, anytime we release a new one, we send out a newsletter. So you can sign up for that by checking out the show notes of this podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, check where there's more information about it written. That's the show notes. We have a link in there and you can sign up and find out when we drop the next episode. And the next episode will be family affairs, which is the Thanksgiving episode, I believe. Um, no Halloween episode this time. No. Family affairs. I I don't want to oversell this for you, but I think especially <laughs> fish, like with how you feel about David, I think that you will be pleased. Well, plus I love holiday episodes. I always love the special holiday episodes. Um, but also if you feel like dropping us a rating anywhere, (laughs) (laughs) go ahead. Take two, Melissa. If you want to rate or review this episode of the podcast or just this podcast in general, go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and see what your options are so that you can rate us. And you know what? We want to make sure people who love the show Felicity know about this community so they can be part of the conversation, be contributing in the conversation. We want to be friends, all of us. They can be your friends too. So that's it. The more people uh, rate this episode, the more people are likely to find it, especially those who are actually looking for Felicity content. And boy, do we try to provide it. (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking for like, what, three weeks at this point and in uh, actual hours. Uh, (laughs) 
season a third. Um, <laughs> gosh. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, family affairs, guys. That's what's coming ahead. I'm very enthusiastic about what's next for us. And, and that's that. Um, anything else that you want to talk about here, Fish? Is there anything we possibly could have yes. missed? I was going to say, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> okay. Well, until next time, Fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>